Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. One minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101, KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for joining us on this uh, on this Monday. That darn Kanye. Uh, we'll talk about Kanye West here in, in just a second. This is the sort of thing that is normally so exciting. We would tease it relentlessly and make you wait like 90 minutes for us to talk about it. But just between, I think, about 35 minutes ago when I kicked out my computer and, I don't know, maybe uh, three minutes ago is the last time I checked it, I think I already had 16 different people who had either texted or they had emailed some question about about last night's Kanye West thing at the, uh, at the VMA. So we'll uh, talk about that here in a bit. We've got a uh, Mad Men recap for last night coming up, a True Blood recap from last night. Uh, we'll talk to Christy Turnquist from The Oregonian at 7 o'clock. Uh, Lisa Desjardins from CNN will join us at 6.20. Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler at 6 o'clock. And uh, coming up at 5.20 this hour, Steve Kastenbaum with an unpleasant anniversary, plus a uh, just-announced snuff watch on the way this morning. Uh, Geek Watch, and it's a Geek Watch that I'm still trying to verify because if it's... It, because if this particular bit of uh, nerdling news is true, then it's going to—ah, um, it's going to—I'm not going to say it's going to put me in a bad mood, but it's—but uh, it, I'm—it's going to be a bit of a stone in my shoe for the rest of the day. So we've got all that coming up. Pair of passes for you to see uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween Two, and tickets to uh, Shine a Light, a night at the museum, uh, which is happening um, at the uh, Portland Art Museum. So it's all in the way. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one five zero three two two eight four one zero one. You can also text if you like. It's five two zero. Five one five two zero five one, or you can email it's Rick at RickEmerson.com. Rick at RickEmerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or uh, Greg Nibbler, our esteemed production uh, assistant and host of Ball Talk, uh, can be reached at Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R at KUFO.com. Uh, we are joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon, resplendent in her twilight shirt. Hello, how are you? <laughs> it's true. It's totally dorky. I was wearing this last night for... Uh, my true blood party so i decided to rewear it again so you decided to take it home wash it dry it and then put it back on today before coming to work you know i don't wash my clothes i know you don't wash i'm just kidding sarah how awesome was true blood last night it is so ridiculous i'll say this well this is my one my one sentence observation for now it's awesome that it's over that's yeah. what I'm going to say. It's awesome that season two has finally come to a conclusion. It's not that I'm not going to watch it next season, and it's not that it's it's not still a great show in some horrible way. I know it has the potential to be great. Uh, that's a potential that was not fully realized uh, this season. So True Blood kind of came to a... The thing about last night's True Blood is it was like watching Return of the King, you know, the final Lord of the Rings film, where it seemed to have about seven different endings. 
And I kept having to do that thing on the TV where I press, you press the play button to see what time it was or where it was in the episode. Because I kept thinking, okay, well, that, okay, that must be the end. Wait, no, it's still going. Okay, th this is the end. No? Okay, now surely we're at the end now. Wait, wait, the end is, and then it just, it, but it just kept going on and on and on, and there were sort of multiple stops. And then, I'm not going to give away any spoilers, I guess. We'll, we'll give them a bit more of a warning we'll before we do that. But it, but it ends, as they all do, I guess, now, forever, on, on this massive sort of cliffhanger. Because I guess they already know they're coming back for a third season. Apparently, Entourage, uh, that show hung with, what's his name? I watched Aaron my first episode of that yesterday. Uh, or wait, it's not, is it Aaron Eckhart or is it Thomas Jane? It's, I always it's, get not, it's not Aaron Eckhart. I always get the two of those guys confused. It's the I, one who was in the mist. Thomas Jane. Yeah. All right. So he's sort of a not that he's a poor man's Aaron Eckhart, but he's but he came out slightly behind Aaron Eckhart in terms of you know, their filmographies, and so I always think that he is Aaron Eckhart. So Entourage hung and True Blood are all coming back next year. So they ended on this this massive sort of who shot Jr. Have you ever uh, seen Hung before? Now it, it's kind of, it's uh, uh, it's kind of boring. Apparently, it's not quite as good no. as the high concept makes it seem. Right. Um, I was kind of bored. It was interesting, but Anne Hache just annoys me too, and she's one of the main characters. I didn't know Anne Hache was in. Mm -hmm. Oh no, it, it seems to drag. It's only like forty-five minutes, and it seems like three hours. What do you mean it seems to drag, Tim? Uh, the program itself. Oh. I thought you might have been referring to something else. No, I don't think that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think like that. Uh, Kanye! Uh, all right. All of that is coming up today. We'll talk to a senior radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum, at 520 today. Uh, Lisa Desjardins will join us at uh, 620. And if you don't know why we're talking to Lisa Desjardins from CNN, I urge you now to go to either RileyLive.com yes. or RickEmerson.com and we watch... both have it at once? It's, How is that possible? Because it's fantastic. It really uh, is. It is a video clip of Lisa Desjardins from CNN, who's been a longtime correspondent for this show and a longtime friend of and the, now uh, the she's program. Famous. And, and now she is America's uh, newest Sweetheart. internet darling. So you go to rickemerson.com or rileylive.com and watch the video with her, and we will be speaking with her uh, about that incident, which is captured uh, on videotape forever. Uh, at 620, we'll be uh, talking to her about that later on uh, today. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian, and uh, we'll have uh, passes to Halloween, too, so be listening. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland, 506. Now it's going to be a beautiful sunny day today. High temperatures in the mid 70s. Yes, we have all kinds of VMA news and whatnot, but Portland is setting the stage to be the pop culture capital of the world today. Why, you ask? Miley Cyrus is kicking off her 45 city Wonderworld tour tonight at the Rose Garden. She already sold a million tickets and brought in $55 million. However, many fans complained that they had to shell out too much money buying tickets from resellers and scalpers. So what did Miley do? Well, this is a paperless concert, the first of its kind. Uh, paperless tickets were purchased uh, through Ticketmaster for, for $40 to $80. Now, those going to the concert tonight and all concerts after this in this tour will have to show ID at the venue and swipe the credit card used to buy the ticket to get in. Wow. Also, oh, like the JetBlue kind of thing. Yeah. So we make history tonight here at the Rose Garden. This is the first time it's ever been tried anywhere. That's fantastic. Cool. I mean, in the I, sense I that... I mystified. And, and when I say fantastic, I mean, it really is... Uh, I mean that in the sense of it's, uh, it's astounding. I don't even know that it's, that, it's, that it's good or bad as such. It's just sort of... That's, that's kind of an amazing event. And it's sort of weird that it took them this long to do that. Mm -hmm. Is scalping... Scalping is not illegal in Oregon as no. long as you don't charge more than the... The, the cover price is that the, because 
scalping is sort of a weird uh, a weird thing in, from state to state. Like in Washington, it's it's perfectly legal to buy concert tickets and resell them because it is your, you know, they are considered your your property. But I think that there is some law that you are not allowed to purchase concert tickets and then charge above the face value for them. But I might be wrong about that, too. That might be a thing that I'm just making up. It seems sort of odd, actually, now that I think about it, that they have passed laws to prevent you from selling a thing which belongs to you. But, you know, what do I know? We have laws about selling other crap. So um, so tonight you you show up, you swipe your thing, uh, your credit card, and then they let you in. And yes. if you don't have the card that you bought the tickets with, uh, then you're screwed. Correct. Which I which I guess makes sense, except that does that... Well, here's a question. I hope people know that. So does that does that mean that you can no longer buy a ticket with cash? I would think that that would be illegal, but they're no, doing but it here. I don't think that's true. I because it's not it's not like it's a utility or something. It's not like you have to have it to live. I mean, Didn't that happen when you speaking. tried to buy something at a big box store? They wouldn't take your cash. That good memory. I that, but I can't remember. I think, it, I think you're buying a TiVo or something. It was a TiVo. It was a well, big ticket item. <laughs> and How it do we all remember? Take your money. No, no, no. It, it was a TiVo actually, and I remember. And I won't name the store, but I do. Re- I do remember the store. I'd forgotten all about that. That's kind of weird that you guys had filed away an interesting anecdote about my life, and I hadn't. I just sort of flushed it the minute I told the story. That was actually maybe four years ago, and I had purchased a TV, and I don't even think it was for me. I think it was. I think I was buying one. I think we might have been buying one for somebody in my family or something for Christmas, or it might have been for me. I, but we went to a big, bo- a big box store, we got the TV off the shelf, and it was, however, a couple hundred bucks or something. And I had... I think we've been doing a lot of Christmas shopping, and so I had, for whatever reason, just a bunch of cash on me. As you often do. As I often do. Just just thousands of dollars. I had my... As you walk across the street to Plaid Pantry. <laughs> I, just, I, had my, I have my many fat stacks on me, and I tried to pay with cash. I can't remember why that is now, but I tried to pay with cash, and they wouldn't accept it. And I and I just it just threw the most phenomenal fit about it in the store. I can't even remember the outcome. I think that it may have been that I just put it back on the shelf and I was just because I was just so pissed about the whole thing. And I put it back on the shelf and I was like, F you guys, you know, I'm never purchasing here. Although I probably have bought there again since I completely forgot the incident even happened. It's like they sort of blanked me with that Tommy Lee Jones Will Smith thing on the way out the door. Way to stick to your guns there. Yeah, well I have principles. So so if tonight is a paperless concert though, does that mean that if you're a kid who wants to go see Miley Cyrus your dad takes it to like uh, you know supermarket to buy a ticket mm-hmm. that they won't take cash from him. I would imagine that's the way it works. Yes, or maybe they would take cash maybe from him, but they would have like a little like a receipt they would scan. Maybe. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Well, somebody's got to know. But you know, you you need a credit card for several things. You need one to fly on an airline now because if you want to use your instant ticket, you have to use well, the credit card that you use to get your instant ticket. I wonder how how Sarah flies. You, you don't have a credit a card. card. No, but I use like uh, my debit card. So does your debit card function as a credit card yeah. when you fly? Yeah, because it has like a MasterCard logo mm-hmm. thing on it. Can you get a hotel room with that? I don't know. I don't, Have I've you tried? tried? Uh-uh. I'd be curious to know if you could... Can you rent a car with a debit card? You used to be able to, but I don't think you can now because I think they need to be able to like jack you for the full amount of the car if you like drive it off a cliff or something. So I think you... I, I, I think if, if you have like a cash advance... Of like $500 or something like that, you could do that. You could probably get a hotel room on yeah. your debit card, but I don't think you could rent a car on a debit card because, again, you know, if you get the, because the deal by getting the car on the debit card is that they can hit your card for the total cost of like whatever damage you might do to the automobile. But if, you know, if your bank account has $5 in it, then they can't, you know, they can't really get anything out of you to cover the cost. 
All right. Hmm. This is strange. I feel like we're falling into some weird uh, Aldous Huxley beginning. world here where they're scanning the barcode in my hand. That uh, is just one topic out of several today. All right. Well, let's, uh, so let's do one more here and then we'll get to for the rest of the morning. It's a thinking toque, Tim. It uh, really is. Let's do one more and then we'll get caught uh, up. Do we want to talk about Taylor Swift this early? Do we want to save well, her? We should mention, it will be, because we, that's a thing we're going to be able to ring all kinds of stuff. Let's talk about it a bit and then we'll, we'll get more into it later on. But that's, uh, that is what people are discussing today, Tim. Taylor Swift won an award last night. I mentioned it. Good tease, Tim. Did you want more? No, no, that's and, fine. And, and the ceremony was taken away from her by the bad taste of another artist. All I'm going to say is this. Is that, People so, are behaving badly in public lately. So Taylor Everywhere. Swift gets this uh, the, the VMA last night, and she's on stage, and she gets, I don't know, she gets well, all of her should, thanks I should, out. I should play this. It's only 24. And then Kanye West interrupts her. and I've, I always dreamed about what it would be like to maybe win one of these someday, but I never actually thought that would happen. Uh, I sing country music, so thank you so much for giving me a chance to win a VMA award. I... <laughs> Yo, Taylor, I, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. And so that's what Kanye West who just... Ass. But here's what I can't see, though. This is all planned. I can't see the moment where he arrives on stage. Because the, when I was watching it, I mean, unless there was some different feed that everybody else saw, she's on stage, and then they cut to the wide shot of the crowd, and then they cut back, and he's just there. I was just going to ask that. Was he presenting the award or something? No, it was like he just kind of like, poof, he just appeared on stage. Greg uh, Greg Nibbler is uh, weighing in over there. Yeah, I, think... I was watching that, too. I think it was. It was a wide shot they were at, and he came up and took the mic from her, but they don't actually have that shot of him taking the mic. Oh. Okay, so that's, that was going to be, see, that's why I thought it was planned, because I thought he was on a separate mic. And if he'd been on his own mic, I was immediately going to call BS on the whole thing because there's just no, there's no way that a guy could ever get on stage with a hot mic, with a mic that is turned on, unless the sound guys know about it. But if he took her mic, that almost explains it. Well, and it seems like the kind of thing he would do, let's be honest. Yes. All right, straight ahead, we'll have uh, more about that. We'll talk to a CNN Radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum, when we return about a uh, rather grim financial anniversary that happens today. Uh, Six o'clock, we'll talk to uh, Greg Nibbler with Ball Talk, 620, Lisa Desjardins from CNN. Stay right there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in low definition. Are you just going to let me bleed out? The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is 503-228-4101. Coming up at uh, 540, we have news with Tim Riley. At 6 o'clock, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler and CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins at 620. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Good morning to you, sir. How are you on this uh, fine Monday? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm okay. I'm going to keep this short because at any moment Kanye West will probably uh, storm the studio and uh, demand that I yield the floor to him. So Ooh. I will simply say that is, is it today or is it this week? It's a year ago that uh, this the whole financial uh, the collapse sort of uh, kicked into high gear because it was Lehman Brothers that that went under a year ago this week, right? Yeah, technically, today was the day the company collapsed, but uh, tomorrow is the date when they actually filed for bankruptcy, yeah. We should send them some sort of a cake uh, and then bill them $500 billion for it. 
You know what's really interesting? I've been trying to interview uh, folks who worked at Lehman when it collapsed, when it went bankrupt, and many of them got hired by Barclays Bank, and they're still uh, hesitant to talk about it. Even though you know they'd be talking about a company that, that is now defunct, no longer exists, they're worried about things like confidentiality, uh, confidentiality agreements, and, and uh, more of them are worried about compensation that they're owed. I mean... I don't know who's going to pay them compensation if the if the company doesn't exist anymore. Well, that was that was actually going to be a question I had. Is that, I mean, if you're a guy who worked for Lehman Brothers, he, it reminds me of this, and I don't think he actually works here anymore. But I could be wrong about that. There was somebody that came to work uh, for this station for this company. I don't know, maybe last year, eighteen months ago, and he had come here from wait for it, Enron. And I and I only know this because it was it was something that I overheard him talking about with somebody else, or it was somebody been mentioned. But that was the company that he had come to. What was we were then CBS Radio. It was you know he comes to CBS Radio from Enron, which was sort of horribly appropriate in a strange way. And you kind of think, well, I mean that's just the definition of the suck, right? Because you go to work for this major company and it's going to look fantastic on your resume, and. You know, it's going to really establish you as a player in the world of business. And then the company just goes belly up, and the name is hopelessly tainted. And then it's sort of a what-do-you-do-then kind of a thing. Yeah, I know a guy who uh, was working for Lehman's uh, legal uh, department. He's a lawyer. And now he's uh, working for what's left of the company. There is still actually some semblance of, of Lehman Brothers left, uh, that, and they're handling literally paying off the debts that they can pay off is basically what they're they're involved in doing now. They're taking out a consolidation loan. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Uh so are we going to hear from uh from Barack Obama about this about the sort of where do we go from here a year later? Yes, uh we are going to hear from Barack Obama a little bit after noon today. He'll be speaking at Federal Hall here in New York and he'll be talking about uh, the government getting out of the financial industry, not wanting to uh, you know run these uh, banks, not wanting to run the the car companies either, but at the same time he's going to be talking about what uh, he wants the government to do in terms of greater oversight, to be more involved in the financial sector in that regard. Excellent. All right, my friend, I know you're having a busy day, so I will uh, let you get back to uh, all that you are doing. We will talk to you later in the week. Have a good day, sir. You too. Take care. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, I remember those long-ago days of last year when things went well. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following for the good people of uh, Portland? A little girl burns down her parents' house with a lighter, leaving them homeless. There's a stabbing near an Oregon City Chinese restaurant, and thousands of freeloaders ride the new Green Line all the way from the clack to downtown. And good morning to all of you. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, Tim Riley with the news coming up at 6 o'clock. Ball talk with uh, Greg Nibbler, all that is going on in the world of sport. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, America's newest internet celebrity, joins us at 620. And at uh, 7 o'clock, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. Stay right there. We are live from Portland. This is The Rick Emerson Show. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503 228 
4101. You can also text if you like. It's 52051. Uh, Coming up at 6 o'clock, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler, uh, 620, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian at 7. And coming up at 720, uh, Adam Brody, who's from uh, the OC. And I totally, and I feel like a, a bad nerd. I totally forgot that he was on Gilmore Girls. Um, uh, he was the the leader of the band that that Lane girl was the drummer in or something. It's many years ago. But he's in Jennifer's Body, which is the new Megan Fox film. So we'll talk to Adam Brody coming up later on uh, today as well. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 539. Expect a beautiful sunny day today and not all that hot. High temperatures in the mid-70s. Doesn't get better than that. The woman who robbed a Payless at gunpoint is being sought by police and employees of Payless of Hillsboro. Uh, they told police the woman entered the store around 2 o'clock, demanded money. She reportedly escaped in a maroon-colored mercury. How lame is that to, to rob the Hillsboro Payless? <laughs> and another thing I learned about Hillsboro over the weekend, you can't buy tires in Hillsboro on Sunday. Is there is that a blue law of some kind? I don't know. There's nothing open. And I only know that because I got a flat tire in my garage. I was lucky it happened. Also, it's illegal to take a donkey through a crosswalk. <laughs> so I, I call AAA, and they come over to And I said, well, there, there's a spare in the trunk. Change it. And I never take the spare off. It is the original spare tire. Wait a minute. You called AAA, and they just told you to put on get your to get out your spare well, no, and put it on. Well, no, they came over. Thank you for calling AAA. And I, and I told them, the spare is in the trunk. It's never been used, and it never had been. It's the original right. spare. They pull it out and say... Your spare tire is melted. <laughs> we can't put this on. It's melted. And like, well, where can I buy tires? Well, there's no place open around here on Sunday. So I had to go all the way to Beaverton. Wait a minute. So there wasn't even tires. like a... You know, supposed to have flat tires on Sundays. But there wasn't like a Walmart or anything open? I would think that no, they would sell tires. Nothing. No place around my neighborhood sells tires on Sundays. So if you're going to have any sort of automotive, uh, any vehicular trouble that's going to involve anything below the car itself, you must do that Monday through Saturday during business hours. Correct. And I had to go all the way to Beaverton, and I had to buy two new tires. I have two questions. One, the spare in your car, is it like one of those like wacky novelty spares that they sell where it's one-third size, or is yes. it a full-size spare? It, it, is the, it was the original spare. It how, looks like a bicycle tire, and it had melted. And so how had it, it melted? Me. That was my next question. Apparently, it's made out of chocolate or something. <laughs> It's which, not It's not made out of real tire material. Somehow, over the years, it had melted. Would you like a spare tire? Bye. Because Pause. Because metal things are hanging out of it. You go, I can't put this on. <laughs> it's the only tire with a soft, creamy center. Well, and it's a Volvo. My question is, when did they start doing that thing of selling you a spare tire that looked like a gag tire from oh, like a 80s. golf cart? In the 80s, when GM started doing all the things that they did wrongly over and over again. And that, and that must be... I mean, really, I think and, and so then the Swedes caught on because isn't... Uh, isn't the Volvo a Swedish car? Uh, it it sure. was. It yeah. was. So you have to put it together with an Allen wrench. Yeah. So I think that that is a cost-cutting measure that the automotive industry instituted that just irritated everyone. Well, it irritated me yesterday. You know, when I see that, well, especially because it melted. I mean, what 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 the hell is that about that your spare tire melts? The spare tire melted in my trunk. I mean, that just seems wrong. Do you store your car in a volcano? No, I do not. It doesn't. Hold on. Let me park this under a caldera. Hold on one moment. Okay, let's go to the movie. It doesn't. I mean, it makes no sense at so all. So you rely on such things in an emergency. What happens? I mean, it's it so, luckily it happened on my driveway and it didn't happen on my way to work. Well, how did you get to AAA? Or not, I'm not, AAA not tri- came to me. Not, not how did you get to AAA? But I rather, pulled how, the card out of my pocket and called the number. I get, uh, rather, though, how did you get to Beaverton? 
Well, he came and pumped up the flat tire. Oh, I and see. And I hoped that it would last until I got to Beaverton, they, which it did. Did they I use that the like a, border. That, that weird, like, stuff that fills up the tire and then also oh, presumably seals it? No, he used, fix a flat he stuff? regular air. Really? And so thinking, drive as fast as you can, man, before the air it leaks out. So I'm thinking, I, I have a decision to make. Can I chance <laughs> driving to work this morning at 2 in the morning? Oh, no, 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 no. Or can no. I chance driving to Beaverton in the daylight? Yes. 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 So those are my two choices. Wow. So I, I took the best choice and I made it to uh, the tire, the only tire store that's open on Sunday in Washington County. I mean, God, God doesn't mind if tire stores are open on Sunday. You God fearing people in the suburbs. So once you got to the tire store, did the tire store they put it on? Then they they did they did all the replacement for you. AAA didn't uh, they didn't have to stick around and do that. That that is correct. And I ended up buying two new tires. And of course, the ones on sale are not my size. Of course not. And if they say, well, I don't know, legally, I can't even let you drive out of here on and the other said, three. They're uh, they're all threadbare. And then I said, since I don't have a good spare, please save. The driver's side front one as my spare. So as I'm driving out, I'm looking, where's the spare? Threw it in the dumpster. So the guy had to go dumpster diving. And he goes, is this your tire? Go, yeah, that's close enough. Throw it in the trunk and leave it. Uh, we'd like to make your day as difficult as possible, Mr. Riley. Uh, hold on. We're going to wa- watch an hour of NFL football on the television. <laughs> uh, life. Don't talk to me about life. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Do we have another story here? Yes. The opening of the 5th Max line was celebrated. We didn't even notice this because we were in science Saturday, but there was plenty of other merrymaking downtown. The opening of the 5th Max line was celebrated with free rides to the Clackamas County. Yes, 40,000 freeloaders joined the riding of the Max, probably the most it'll ever ride, and participated in the celebration being held at 5 Max. There was a marching band at Pioneer Courthouse Square, too. They hoped the $545 million expansion will help business owners in Clackamas County and help them to grow. I'm sorry, I have something in my throat. I was thinking about a joke I read in Reader's Digest last year. When did this happen? Saturday, we were inside ah. that symposium. So at a symposium, th- in a forum where I was speaking. Uh, so uh, That was a very serious thing, and you're a very serious person. I, you know, Rick Emerson can pretend to be, uh, he can pretend to be professional when he the, the situation calls for it. I, I, putting on my, my big shoes. It was a room full of serious people who made serious money. So, so call for it serious demeanor. Boy, dude, you have never, here's the thing, and I don't talk a lot about this because I, it's, it's. I know you want to. Over and done. I, well, I mean, it's, it's you know, the thing most people didn't go to, and it, it's, it's already finished anyway. Although you, I guess you could go. I guess you could go. Go next year. It's an annual event, but it's this thing that Portland uh, Creative Conference. The street. It's called uh, Create Con for sure, but it's it's uh, you know it's like one of those motivational things. Sort of, I mean that's that's a bad way to put it, but you'll see these sometimes with leadership seminars where they'll say like, "Come see Rudy Giuliani and Colin Powell." Well, my favorite one was the guy who talked about nothing but his failures. The view from under the bus. I don't know who that guy was, but he was the Larry best Brooks. Is that guy's we name? We have to have him on. Well, let me back up for a second. So this, you will sometimes see these advertised for other fields, like for business or for uh, specific kinds of finance, or you know, this sort of generalized motivation where. It's a whole day of speakers, and you pay like a flat fee of like hundred bucks or something. Or sometimes businesses will like you know pack their uh, you know their employees off to see these, and you just kind of sit there, and you speakers who come up and they tell you about obstacles they've faced and how they've dealt with challenges, whatever. So there's a version of that that is sort of for the creative community, and I was inexplicably asked uh, to host it, and so that happened over the weekend. And Tim was there, and our friend Cheryl was there, and Bridget from upstairs uh, went there, and it was it was a it was a really cool thing. But I mean, it's one of those. It's it's like when I interviewed Harry Shearer, and the whole time, you know, I'm sitting 10 feet from him, and every time he opens his mouth to speak, you know, he is saying, you know, and so anyway, then I got a job working on The Simpsons, and it was quite something. But I'm just hearing, 
I make $400,000 an episode. You're Rick Emerson. I make $400,000 an episode, Rick Emerson. The, I mean, you're just f- trying to fathom that you are across the guy from Spinal Tap, and it's just mind-blowing. So we're at this event on... Um, there, there was a, a different air to the atmosphere than what we usually encounter. I mean, because you realize, like, the first guy out of the gate, the first speaker is Dan Wyden of Wyden Kennedy. And, I mean, you're sitting there just thinking to yourself, like, this is the guy. Like, they're the just-do-it. Guys, like this is the, you know, and they do that astounding, astounding new Levi's ad campaign, which is really just one of the best things I've ever seen. And I'm not, I have no financial interest in that, but those, those new Levi's ads are just amazing. And you're sitting there go, realizing you're, you know, you're, you know, you're next to a guy who really is a, a living legend. What's it? Will Vinton from Will Vinton yeah. Studios uh, was there. Bill Oakley, who's a producer on The Simpsons, was there. And I, and I shook hands with him. And he looks just like Judge Reinhold from uh, from Fast Times. I can say that now because he's not here. He looks like Fast Times era Judge Reinhold, which he must get told all the time. So I was not like the five millionth guy to tell him that. But then after they're done talking. You had to walk out, of those, and your name is in huge letters standing right next to, <laughs> standing next yeah, to these people. I, and I walk out underneath a screen that is, <laughs> I think, gigantic letter, Rick Emerson. The screen standing is, next to Mr. The, the screen is like 25 feet across, and I'm walking out next to Dan Wyden of Wyden Kennedy, who's, again, just a massive deal here, you know, in the Northwest oh, and I studied, everywhere. I studied him in college. I was an advertising student. Yeah, so you study, he's a guy uh-huh. you actually studied in college. And then they have the, and it's sort of great, but there's the chutzpah to put my name in massive letters when I walk out on stage. And he stage. looks like a dwarf when he's standing <laughs> underneath your name. I want to get at least one still of that, of me standing underneath my own name on a huge screen that's like 100 feet high like or something. something on a network. <laughs> <laughs> like I was in a face in the crowd. Uh, what was our point? Why were we talking about that? Because I knew you wanted to talk. Oh, because we were indoors. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate you bringing that up so I didn't have to do it myself. Come, everybody. Look how cool I am. Uh, so we were not able to, uh, I mean, I much rather, I would have rather been in Clackamas taking the bus or the train. You or could have afterwards. Whatever, whatever the hell. But there, there was this massive party in the street for VIPs like yourself. Yes, well, that's true. Tim was there too, and that, it, by the way, I should thank, this is a, uh, I'm glad you mentioned this, Tim. I want to thank. See, I told you, you'd be glad I mentioned this. This is actually about you. Uh, so we gave away a I pair of. be about me. I'll tell you, we gave away a pair of passes to that conference I spoke at. Uh, we gave away a pair of passes last weekend. Let's, let's be honest. You know, sometimes when you give you give something away, especially if it's sort of a a random giveaway in the sense that it's just like caller ten, you you think to yourself in the back of your mind, are we just giving these to somebody who's going to put them on the shelf, you know, or in like their dresser drawer and forget about them? And you don't sometimes know if tickets or whatever you're going to give away are really going to be used, you know, the thing for a specific event, especially for something like this. It is a you know, it's a very, it's kind of a, it is focused on a very specific area of life. So. At the after party, at the rap party, uh, when I was uh, standing there a with few uh, people, were invited to. I was standing there with uh, you know the uh, creative team from uh, Coraline, and we were uh, chewing the fat as is our wont. And this couple comes up, and I mean they couldn't have been, I mean they couldn't have been more than twenty five probably. And they had, and I mean this in the best possible way. They had this kind of cool Gomez and Morticia thing going on. It's like the full on solid black and just very sort of like cool looking. Mm-hmm. And and I, you know I was like, well, the, who who could these? Who are these VIPs? Who are these creative types? I didn't notice and it was a couple of listeners named lisa and richard uh huge fans of the show lisa especially she's the one who won the tickets and it turns out they are actually both artists so but but then she said as is always the case every time anybody comes up to me so it was, yeah so i really listened to the show a lot that's great um where's tim <laughs> and i said uh, he's gone he left and they went Oh, that's great. Well, you're great, too, though. So apparently I'm also great, but I'm just sort of, I am the adjunct. I have the door through which they go to get to you. But but you know what? I was there for an entire, like, nine hours. 
which is rare for me to be anywhere outside of my home. But then you did your Kaiser Soze thing of, you know, so thank you, uh, you know, it was, it was really great to be here. <laughs> Gone. Uh, let's do one more. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. Uh, let's see here. Oh, here's how to raise money. A federal way man thinks he has a way to stimulate his local economy. It's a world-class sand sculpture competition. Bob Hitchcock and seven will present their plan to the Federal Way City Council today. They already have some backing. Uh, they need a startup cost of $185,000 from the city to have the International World-Class Sand Sculpture Competition. The News Tribune of Federal Way reports they're looking at a vacant lot and several sites downtown for this. By the way, uh, this uh, text says, I like the general idea of the Green Line, but I'm never going to Clackamas on the max. Let's have no doubts about that. That's a. It seems to be a thing a lot of people like in theory. Not unlike Clackamas itself. Sort of a good idea, maybe. Well, are you safe going halfway there? I, 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 As opposed to going all the way there. I mean, I guess the only the only thing you can say about going on the Max to Clackamas is perhaps people will assume you live there and therefore have no money that they could mug you for. I mean, that's just a theory. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we have Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. We'll play a little bit of audio from CNN over the weekend with our good friend Lisa Desjardins, something that's already gotten half a million hits in just 48 hours. Uh, and we'll have Lisa to talk about that at 620. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is 503-228-4101. You can also text if you like. It's 520-51. Coming up at uh, 620, new internet celebrity, Lisa Desjardins. Uh, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian is going to be here at 7 o'clock. We'll talk about uh, last night's Mad Men. Uh, which, so I'm now the only person on the show that is with any regularity seen Mad Men on Monday morning. I was going to try, but it's just on too late. No, no, that's fine. I understand. And uh, Tim, I know it's probably... Well, because you well, get up I way earlier than the rest trying of to, Trying to get a tire inflated all day. <laughs> that's right. I really Somehow. thought about that. <laughs> well, Took up my entire day. Yeah, and they've, they've taken great pains to keep it off the internet, so I can't find it. Those weasels. So uh, I will be talking about last night's Mad Men. There will be some spoilers, but again, it's not... Not, I mean, not a, a spoiler-heavy show uh, as such. So we'll do a little bit of that. We'll talk about uh, the films that were released over the weekend, which I saw nothing. And I'm going to tell you, just right out of the gate, I know that I'm is supposed to uh, be able to be relatable and talk about everything that the American people were consuming uh, at their local theater. Nothing is what I saw. I, I didn't even I see that. I haven't heard one American say they wanted to go to the movies to see anything lately. I wanted to go see that movie Nine that came out because that's the, you know, it's sort of a Tim Burton, uh, Henry Selleck kind of a thing. And I just, I wasn't able to do it because I just had to, you know, what with all the happenings and so forth. The craziness. Yes. I'm going to go see Halloween 2 tonight. Really? Mm-hmm. Weeks after it opens, all I... the movies in the box office, that's what you're going to spend two hours of your life on? Well, I have a free pass for it. Oh, well. Okay, never mind. So as <laughs> long as you're love... only spending hours, not actual money. And I love Rob Zombie, I have to say. I mean, look. I, so it... At least I'll be able to offer, a, you know, an opinion on it. I, I will be curious to know your thoughts on it, because I'm going to say right out of the gate, I didn't I didn't see it. Uh, I didn't and probably won't until I accidentally catch it on HBO. That's only because I felt kind of burned by the first one, but if you like the first one, then, you know, who's to say? Mm-hmm. So we will have a pair of passes that we'll be giving away to that at uh, some point in the near future. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines for you on this Monday morning. Well, there's all kinds of things with the VMAs. First, Kanye West interrupts Taylor Swift acceptance speech to say Beyonce should have won. So Beyonce becomes a nice girl and lets Taylor Swift speak. 
Uh, then Lady Gaga winds up being the best actress. Oh, I'm sorry, best new artist. Latoria Jackson says, It's true the doctors asked one of Michael's kids to help him out, and Michael Jackson knew somebody would murder him. Yes. Really? <laughs> yes. I had no idea you were going to say that just now, and I'm fighting back the urge to ask you for explication. Wait. These and... are just headlines. Okay, there we go. All right, no, 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 I've, I've tamped down my curiosity. You have the rest of the morning to delve into these small, things. Small, acrid, black ball of uh, anticipation inside me. Plus, uh, Adam Brody from the upcoming film Jennifer's Body. That'll be at uh, 7.20 today. All right, before we uh, go to ball talk, Tim, we should play just a bit of this CNN clip with Lisa Desjardins yeah. because she's going to be on at 6.20, and she's a longtime friend of the show, but a lot of other people have seen her over the last 48 hours because of this, half million. this thing that happened on CNN over the weekend. So do you want to give some sort of setup, and then we'll play a little bit of the audio here? Okay, so these tea partiers, which are these uh, wild Walmart shoppers who go in and scream at public meetings, <laughs> uh, showed up in Washington, D.C., and uh, Lisa Desjardins was sent out to cover it. Now, it's very rare that Lisa ends up on CNN television. Because she does CNN radio most Correct. of the time. So uh, this will make her a star. Uh, apparently, she can't be her because all these uh, yin-yang start screaming loudly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to play this in two different spots. Once when they start screaming, and then when she takes control of the crowd. Yeah, no, she's a pro. It, right. is, like, it is like the, the, she's the gold standard here. So here's how it starts. Uh, the anchor woman is talking to her about this, and then the crowd gets a little unruly. And Lisa's at the National Mall well, here. If you can hear me, this crowd is not just here about health care, but they're here about a lot of issues that they're obviously upset about. Right now they're chanting, who tell the truth? Okay, so this goes on for a couple Jesus. of minutes. And finally, let me go back down a little bit Just, further. Here. I have to say here, as you're finding the next spot, you know, to quote Belloc from Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. they have not one brain among them. Right. Uh, oh, wait, that's not Belloc, that's uh, Salah. But, you know, it's just a bunch of gum chewers standing back there. It's a bunch of people upset that there's a black man in the White House. I uh, Really, and I think and that... AM talk radio hosts who fan the fires of this. Calling it... There are some who do that. Talk anyway, radio host where, Tim? And on other radio stations. <laughs> what radio stations? I'm not going to name them off air because of the competition. Are you? Are, are any of them springing to mind? No, not at this point. Well, so maybe anyway. later today. Yes, maybe later today. <laughs> so Lisa takes control of the crowd and does this very well. And by the way, if you want to watch this, you can go to RileyLive.com or RickEmerson.com. We have the whole video. So here is Lisa finally taking control of the crowd, and this will make her a star. So this is her sort of getting control of these yahoos. You guys, we're on air right now. I want to ask you. Let them speak. Watch him. I want to ask you. Let them speak. We don't need to be like this. I want to ask you. Let them speak. What do you think of Congressman Joe Wilson? Yeah. There are people who very strongly support Congressman Wilson. So, and the great thing that she does right there is she she clearly knows what the crowd is going to say, and then she just just does the subtlest bit of body language that is sort of a, well, what can you do? 
Oh, excellent. So straight ahead at 620, we will talk to Lisa Desjardins, uh, who you just heard in that clip. Uh, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. And without further ado, it's time for Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. Ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, we've got a lot of balls to talk about. Um, just briefly in baseball news, Derek Jeter did break Lou Gehrig's Yankees hit, hit record, which we knew he was going to do. And Ichiro Suzuki set a major league record with his ninth straight 200-plus hit season. Uh, carrying on here in some ball talk we don't normally discuss, tennis balls. Uh, Serena Williams has been fined $10,000 for an incident at the U.S. Open in New York. I'm sure a lot of people have seen this video. A line judge called her for a double fault in her semifinal final match, and uh, she did not like that very much, and approached the woman uh, saying such things as, if I could, I would take this effing ball and shove it down your effing throat. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, and uh, berated the woman, who eventually uh, went over to the head tournament official, and they became involved as well, and Serena came over for a polite discussion over what she had talked about. We have a clip of that. I didn't say I would kill you. Are you that's Serena defending that's herself. That's really that's what that's what counts as an apology. Now I didn't say I would kill you. I didn't say I was. Yeah, yeah. I that's pretty much it. it. I didn't say it. Yeah, it, you should really see this video. It is incredible. She, she looks is she, terrified. Uh, it re- and she looks like she could probably do it. Oh, she would. Te- yeah, she would take take you and throw you into the third row. I mean, yeah. she is. Yeah, extremely scary. So uh, that is that. I think there's going to be a lot more that comes of that. A lot more fines. Uh, NFL news. The NFL season kicked off this last weekend. Uh, a couple of things that happened there. McNabb. Donovan McNabb, quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, has a cracked rib, uh, so he may be playing next week, but it means we may be seeing Vic starting in the NFL a lot sooner than we thought. He can't play until the third game, but uh, yes, Vic could be back in uh, in action and very prominent in the NFL. Um, a lot of things happened this weekend. Just to briefly go over some of them, though, there was a comment that was made by NFL announcer Chris Myers uh, referring to a player who had been on the Steelers last year and now plays for the Lions while he was calling that game, which has been uh, getting a lot of press. I think we've got a clip of that right here. Foot going from two Super Bowls in Pittsburgh to a winless Detroit team. That's like going from uh, dating Beyonce to Whoopi Goldberg. Wow. (laughs) But the thing is, okay, it may be inappropriate, but it's actually a really good analogy. And what's funny is we all know exactly what that means, too. That's how you know. That's how you know. I'm kind of genius. I mean, everybody immediately gets what he's saying. Like, no, no, no. I I don't know anything about sports. I know exactly what he's talking about there now in terms of AI. Now yes. you know the difference between the Steelers and Lions. That I explains do. it right there. Uh, we've got a doubleheader tonight. The Chargers wow. are at the Raiders, and the Bills are at the Patriots. So we'll get to see uh, T.O., star of the T.O. show on his new team. Uh, college football news. So there's a lot of stuff that went on this weekend. Oregon State won in the last seconds over UNLV. Uh, U of O beat Purdue, although i got to say U of O looked terrible. They should have destroyed Purdue, and they barely won that game. It's going to be a long season for them. And I made a lot of predictions on Friday of what college football fans would be crying this weekend, and I was unfortunately only correct on two out of three of my predictions. The one I was wrong on was Nebraska, but we did get an unexpected surprise with the loss of Oklahoma State, which was fantastic to watch them cry. They were number five, got taken out by University of Houston, and I was correct on two other ones. Uh, Notre Dame lost in the closing minutes to Michigan, and I got to see my favorite fans of all cry. USC beat Ohio State, even, and it was it was even better because in the last seconds, so the Ohio State fans had uh, all kinds of hopes riding, thinking they were going to finally knock them off. 
and USC destroyed that in the last second. So like, you're all like Mason Verger from Hannibal and whatnot, like drinking a martini <laughs> made out of the tears of children. Oh, it was it was. Ab- hey, hey guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you finish, but I just want to say Beyonce had the best video of the entire year. Well, awesome. <laughs> well done. Thank you, Art Webb. Straight ahead, Lisa Desjardins from CNN Radio. Don't go anywhere. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming along. It is 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101 coming up at uh, 7 o'clock. And we'll have Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. We'll talk about weekend box office recap last night's Mad Men. Coming up at 7.20, actor Adri- uh, Adrian Adrian Brody, uh, Adam Brody from... Uh, let's, re- let's remind ourselves, and by ourselves I mean me, not to do that at 7.20. Uh, Adam Brody from uh, The O.C., and he's in the upcoming film Jennifer's Body with uh, Megan Fox. He was, and he's he the guy with the normal nose. I'm sorry? He's the guy with the normal nose. I'm also not going to introduce him as that, but thanks so much. He was a presenter last night, was he not? Were you saying he with was, Megan Fox? He presented with Megan Fox, who was looking especially trash, trashy. Not him, her. So we'll talk about uh, last night's VMAs as well, and uh, so forth, plus a pair of passes for you to see Halloween 2 coming up at uh, some point. In one moment, we will uh, speak with CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Tim Riley, what headlines are we tracking on this uh, Monday morning? There are a whole bunch of shootings over the weekend. A little girl burns down her house, leaving her family homeless. And we'll hear more from Taylor Swift and Beyonce. It's the happiest day on record. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill. CNN radio correspondent and burgeoning internet celebrity, Lisa Desjardins. Good morning, Lisa. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? How does it feel to actually be able to speak and have your words heard by everyone? It's very, it's weird. It's, it's odd. So we played the clip a few minutes ago of you at the National Mall where you are standing and doing a live shot. And yeah. then so you're in front of this group of spirited american patriots and did they even uh, were they already sort of uh chanting or did are they savvy enough to sort of wait for the big red light to go on uh, to begin interrupting you you know i i couldn't tell if 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 they if it was spontaneous at that moment or if they knew that that was the moment to go but i'll tell you that i had done a lot of things to try and avoid that from happening because I, I you know it was kind of a no-brainer the cnn bus was there the crowd was chanting all morning you know against the bus and it was a pretty um pretty weird situation for you know people that had never been in that before but so you know when i went out i i spent a lot of time shaking hands and spending a lot of time talking to all of the people that were gathered around where i was going to be standing you know and i, I feel like i you know, won a lot of them over, or at least they realized that I, I really did want to listen to them. So, but then I, I had to, you know, stand on the box and get in front of the camera, and and unfortunately I mistimed that. So there was still five minutes left, I, I, because they they rushed me to get on there. I thought I was, you know, needed to go right away. But I was standing there for five minutes, and then a whole bunch of new people come up that I hadn't reached out to, and then I realized this. I, I can start hearing some people kind of, you know, shouting individually. So I actually faked an entire live shot, hoping that they would think I was on air then, and that they would start chanting at that point. And you know, you know, not that I have a problem with protesting. I mean, I think protesting is great, but obviously my job was to report and right, I wanted right. to be able to be heard. So 
I, but uh, you know, nobody chanted during that when I when I when I was kind of pretending to to talk. Maybe maybe they realized I was it wasn't for real. You did a whole decoy live shot as a diversionary tactic. That's fantastic. I kind of did. I'm a little embarrassed about it, but I felt I knew the situation. I knew you know I knew that that where what was going on. And uh, there's, there's no negotiation. You know, it's trying to like it's just trying to reason with a pack of ferrets. Well, how about if you take a bullhorn and send attention Walmart shoppers? Would that require anyone? <laughs> hey, there's discount sweatpants over there, everybody. I don't know about that, but I, you know, I think, I mean, it, it, there was a lot of different people in that crowd. There were some people that were obviously a lot angrier than, I mean, it's just like, it's like going to a hockey match. You know, you've got all kinds of people there. You've got some people that want to get in a fight, but they're probably a minority of the crowd. And here you've got some people that want to just shout their lungs off and vent some anger. And, you know, once that got started, it went. You know, I, I do have to say that they were chanting, I think, the tell the truth at one point, which is at least a small number of syllables. I mean, they, you know, they had the slogan. Later it became, tell more lies, I think, at some yeah. point. They no shifted lies. it to that. No more lies. No more lies. So I don't know if they have, like, is there, like, somebody with a playbook back? Is somebody calling audibles or something there? I, how, who coordinates when they shift from one odd slogan to another, do you suppose? I think it really was, like, a, a kind of, uh, uh, you know, I have to watch on my words because I really am not trying to insult anyone, but I think it really was, you know, being at being at a football game. I think there were a couple people that were came up with cheers and just would leave them and everybody joined in. I I, I don't think there was any mass, the real coordination at that point. There was the guy with the megaphone who I had talked to before I got into the live shot, and I, I think he, he understood I really wanted to listen to the crowd. So he, he sort of helped me out by saying, come on, come on, guys, calm down. Uh, you know, and which, which actually I think is one of my favorite parts of the live shot, that all of a sudden there's this megaphone voice from, from nowhere. From nowhere. Entering, and it was, it was great, yeah. He, he was sort of like the guy that goes, Dr. J. Harrington needed to thoracic surgery. Dr. J. Harrington. It was like that voice of, not even a voice of God, but sort of like a, you know, like a like a voice of a guy down the hall working in a small office somewhere that suddenly came in. <laughs> now, is that the CNN bus behind you, Lisa, or is that what? their bus? It was. It was the CNN bus behind me. And, you know, I mean, we could actually talk for a long time about all of the things, that the rumors that were flying in that crowd about what CNN was reporting, the stuff I was hearing from the crowd, and it was—I mean, it flew fast. And, and just real quickly, if you if you, yeah. you can see this video at RileyLive.com or at RickEmerson.com, I, I will now only—I will ask one thing. Please now to uh, to give me one rumor uh, that you know of that was flying through the crowd about quote what CNN was reporting end quote. Yeah. The big one was that CNN was reporting just 100 people were there. <laughs> that's <how> we were <laughs> okay, that's actively ludicrous is what that, what that is. And, and, of course, at that point, people on the speaker's podium were telling the crowd that it was 2 million people, which, you know, I had to repeatedly, and I, I didn't even really confront this all the time because they were so convinced that it was 2 million people. And I said, listen, the inauguration was 1.8 million, and the mall was filled <laughs> past the Washington Monument. You all have filled me be one-eighth of that space. Two yeah. million people. Yeah. And, you and they were like, that's not true. It's two million. And I said, I'm telling you, I, I really, I honestly know what two million <laughs> looks like. And, and I and I said, but I, I understand, you know, that's your point of, that's your point of view. And it's kind of too bad because there were so many interesting people in that crowd. And I think there is, and I'm not just saying this because it might be PC, but I, I think there is something really interesting going on. There are some people who have very legitimate points of debate in that group. And obviously it's bubbling up. There are a lot of people that share their concern, but there are, there is some anger there that I think um, for people who don't agree with them, that eclipses everything. That's all they're going to hear and say because that anger is, 
intense. You know, there was a woman that was the angriest woman in the crowd, and I was determined to kind of get her to calm down before I went live. She was shouting, and I said, come here, come come talk to me. Come here, come here. She gets closer and closer. She gets two inches from my ear, and she's still shouting, you're not listening. On, I mean, in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> that, the irony of her shouting into your ear, quote, you're not listening, end yeah. quote, is awesome. It was my only cheeky moment of the day, and I said, I, I promise you I am. I, I promise. <laughs> the best part, incidentally, I'm looking at the CNN prep sheet here, where it actually, after all of them, is it's just a huge, really over-the-top moment for you. And, and it just says, enthusiastic protesters showed up in Washington over the weekend. <laughs> Lisa Deschardins has the story. That's great. Well, I mean, it was nuts. There was a point where there was a debate on the CNN bus. Do we, do we pull the bus? You know, we, we, it was one person who called in the National Park Police. There was a point where the bus was um, pretty much surrounded. And, and it was, it was a, they, CNN had very smartly brought in the, an engineer that works for us um, that it happens to be a large black man, you know, happens to be in great shape. And he stood by the bus, the door of the bus to kind of guard it. And at one point I went out into the crowd and things were getting pretty crazy. And he kind of followed me. He's like, listen, I'm a little worried about you. And I'll tell you, I, I darted off at one point to talk to this one very loud guy. And I have never felt such a strong hand on my shoulder pulling me back. I was going to ask if you ever, maybe uh, at this or things like this, have you, have you ever gotten to a place where you ever felt unsafe? I did not, but you know, I think that um, I've, I've been. You know, I, I, honestly, I've, I've been in, in um, a lot of a lot of more crowd situations, maybe like that, than other people that were with CNN that, that are more typical Washington people. I think I was fortunate. I covered the Confederate flag debate in South Carolina years ago, and that also had that kind of element of both sides right. were so emotional. Well, it's like at any moment, just one yeah, one right. flash would be right. enough. Exactly, and so you kind of know when when it looks like it's going to come to blows and when it's just people kind of, you know, just not really knowing that they don't have to have any responsibility for their words and they can just, they're just going to say something. I have to say that everything now, all the stories today are sort of a confluence in my head. So I just keep imagining, uh, you know, while you're trying to do your live shot and and everybody in the crowd behind you is screaming, tell more lies. And, (laughs) you know, the CNN back at the desk, they're trying to talk to you. And and then I just keep picturing Kanye West coming up and grabbing the microphone and just saying, no, 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 but Beyonce, you know, which would have been fantastic. Amazing video. Amazing. Uh, Just real quickly, we, as we wrap this up, one thing, uh, you should have just actually gone the whole opposite way with the size of the crowd. You should have actually reported that there were a skillion people there <laughs> just to sort of see, you know, just to sort of see what they would have said. A decahadrillion. Yeah. Wow. It, it would have been, it would have been, actually, yes. it's not two million. It's, yeah, it's a gazillion. Awesome. Million on that note. Well, uh, we want to know other shows that uh, she might be on today that we might see more of her on television uh, really i mean this is uh, this is this is your star turn this is your uh, this is your moment lisa this is the flashpoint at which uh, at which you ascend I think I, w- I, you know, there were the producer who did it gave me some nice compliments, but honestly, I haven't heard that much from seeing my boss likes it. But I think it's only when you really cause problems that you might hear from the big head honchos at CNN. Well, now you know what to put in your day planner for later on. <laughs> All right, Lisa Desjardins, thank you so much, Lisa. All right, see you guys. Right, they go, Lisa Desjardins. All right, and we or, or they might put a sign out that same location. Lisa, Lisa Desjardins will return today with lies. We we should we should immediately uh, start now reminding people that we've known her for years. Yes, uh, years. Yes. yes, I've got her cell phone number. I mean, I'm just saying. I you know I'm just putting that out there real quick. And I wasn't going to say this while she was on the phone because I didn't want to make her. I didn't want to put her in the awkward position of having to laugh or whatever. When 
She was talking about how she was at this uh, this thing at the National Mall, and you know there was, you know, a few hundred, few hundred thousand people there, maybe, but they were insisting it was two million people, which is more than the inauguration. She said, uh, you know, that she was sort of trying to give a non-answer to them. And the guy go, "We're just two million of us here," and she said, "Well, okay, I, I understand that that's your point of view." I'm going to say this now because I don't have to be neutral. That really sums up the entire problem with certain people in this country. That an actual statistical difference, like an actual difference in numbers, is now referred to as, quote, a difference in a point of view. (laughs) So that really does uh, serve as a microcosm for an entire school of thought in America. It's 503-228-4101-503-228-4101. And the Earth is only, uh, it's only 75 hours old, actually. It It was just created just moments ago. Straight ahead, news from Tim Riley coming up at the top of the hour. Christy Turnquist. From the Oregonian, uh, we'll talk about weekend box office and Mad Men uh, coming up at 7:20. Actor Adam Brody, stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It is 503-228-4101 in mere moments. Tim Riley at the news desk. At the top of the hour at 7 o'clock, we'll talk to Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian about the weekend box office and last night's Mad Men. Coming up at 720, Adam Brody, actor from The O.C. and the upcoming film Jennifer's Body with Megan Fox. I do want to say, incidentally... We'll also talk True Blood, li- the True Blood, True Blood recap coming up at 820. I got more comments over the weekend over that video rodeo segment we did Friday with Greg. The Everywhere is I went, with it, it's disgusting. Everywhere I go, it's like, have you seen this video? You want to see? It? Like showing every single person I know. I bump into Greg on Saturday night. He's showing everybody that video. Did your uh, is he your boyfriend? Are we got not Greg, he, but you're the guitarist? He is my. Boyfriend. So did he make it all the way through the video rodeo? Yes. It took four minutes long. No, he watched the entire thing. Oh, that ain't right. More than once. How I know something. Data guy. Something's broken inside of him, and it was him and his friends. Too. How can you let a man touch you who, who makes <laughs> who makes it all the way through that video? I don't even let him wrong. tell me about it. Like I I didn't even want to hear. I just watched that video rodeo thing. Let's make out. Oh, God. Uh, so everywhere I went, though, that was all anybody wanted to do. They wanted to pull me aside and go, hey, I watched that video. I only made it like 30 seconds. And then they would all say the same thing. They would all say, why did you tell me to watch it? And I and you I would, didn't. And I would answer, if you go, if you can see it at rickemerson.com, it's, uh, I think, three blog entries down. Uh, and it just says video rodeo submission. It says in big letters, don't watch this. That's one of the very first things it says. So, uh, you know, that's on you. Uh, for Greg made it, uh, how long did he make it? 55 seconds? 55 seconds. 55? Yeah. All right. So we have a pair of passes uh, to see Halloween 2, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, playing at Regal Cinemas. We're going to give you a shot at that uh, by playing Video Rodeo. So here's the deal. If you are available today, it's got to be between now and 8.30 this morning. If you are available between now and 8.30 this morning, and if you are over 18 and have not, repeat not, watched the video rodeo submission uh, that is up at rickemerson.com. If you have not already watched the video and you are available between now and 8.30 this morning, uh, you're going to give us a call right now. If you are caller 10, we'll have you in to play video rodeo this morning for a shot of tickets to see Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. Yeah. 
In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 646 now. It's going to be a very nice sunny day today. Highs in the mid-70s. Shooting, stabbings everywhere. Shootings over the weekend. Portland police called to Burnside near the Crystal after reports of bullets flying. Luckily, nobody was struck or hurt. Long Beach police say a couple argued before Brian Bush pulled a gun and shot Lisa Bonet to death. Shot Lisa Bonet to death? Yes. Wait. This is a different woman. Oh, not not oh. that Lisa Bonet. No, no, right. no, no, no. There are people with. I mean, not names. that she's unimportant. Whoever this Lisa Bonet, I'm just, but not the uh, ex-wife of Lenny Kravitz. No, no. This is the Long Beach, Washington. Are you? Lisa are Bonet. you of the Long Beach Bonets? All right. And somebody was stabbed near the Oregon City uh, Chinese restaurant in the parking lot. The Oregon City Chinese <laughs> restaurant. Yes. Okay. My friend saw that shooting at the Crystal. On Saturday night, I it was the first I've heard of it. Yeah. No, so, it, what was the situation? Why? Why? why I guess there was happen? like a bunch of underage kids. Supposedly it was like an eighteen and over night right. or something. And I don't know. There was some like little thug life kid there who uh, was waving around a gun and mm. ended up shooting it. Didn't things went poorly. That's from why there. I don't say out late at night. Yeah. Well, somebody we were talking about that uh, Clackamas uh, Max line that went up early and. Uh, That'll be nothing but a success. This one says, well, Sarah just reminded me of this text message. This came to us at 52051. It says, you know, the only people using the Clackamas, uh, I'm sorry, the Clackamax is what they've called it. <laughs> awesome. Dude, we are stealing that, that, that now. That because, it says Clackamax. We're be, <laughs> that is, terrific. we are using that phrase now. Uh, the only people using the Clackamax are going to be uh, uh, thug kids who want to steal from Lloyd Center and Clackamas Town Center, uh, folks, while still being environmentally conscious. Hey, let's go mug some people. Yes, I know, but we have to respect Mother Earth, Chet. Well, let's take the Clackamax. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to hate. Here's Tim Riley. That's not hating. That's just having some fun. That's right. Uh, for the BMAs last night, there were some other people on it, including uh, British comedian Russell Brand, who talked about Lady Gaga's hermaphroditity. Now, there's been a lot of mudslinging and rumor-mongering and rubbish. People saying that she's a hermaphrodite. I think it's a disgrace that a woman cannot be successful, sexy, and have an aggressive sexuality without people going, oh, she must be a bloke. That is sexist. And I would like to condemn the male-dominated media for their disgusting treatment of this incredible woman. And if you haven't worked out by, tr- by now, yeah, I'm trying to... Oh, you're trying to have relations with her. And... I see. And if I do, pull earlier... T- We're going to bleep that. I didn't notice that part. Where's that cut from, Tim? Uh, delicious audio. Well thanks, done, delicious, delicious audio. audio. <laughs> thanks for the extra, uh, thanks for the extra uh, the awkwardness there. We probably could have played that. It, re- it referred to the... Um, uh, the, uh, the the extra pieces of Lady Gaga, the arousal and tumescence of the male member or female I member. I hear that. No. So what was? So I was watching like three different things at once last night because there was True Blood, the season finale. We'll talk more about that. There was a Mad Men, and then there was the VMAs. And like at one point she was singing, and dancing, and doing a thing, and then I looked over and it appeared that she was covered in. Blood or chocolate sauce? Yeah, it looks like some like she has blood going down the front of her. Greg, what is, what is up with that? Yeah, I was watching it. It was I don't know. It was a really weird video anyway, or whatever she was doing. A really weird performance. And then yeah, she leaned up against the piano, and then she comes back and she's got blood all over her stomach and chest, and then slowly she's got it over her face. Like it's it's really disturbing. Yeah. I think I kind of love her. You know how I, I disliked her for so long after looking at the pictures of last night and just the way she's been with the media. I 
I love Lady Gaga. She's kind of over the top. I, I sort of like the fact that she's kind of grabbed the crazy and run with it. She really is an artist, though. It's really interesting to see like the outfits she puts together. Now she's well, respectable. The other thing is, too, she showed up with Kermit the Frog as her date. Really? Yes. Okay. When? She's like making out with Kermit at the beginning. Oh, well, no, that's... No, she's gone. No, that's back to fail. <laughs> that's this is why I'm questioning your she's cool comment. I no, I don't. I don't feel good about that. I that think, makes me feel weird, and and, yeah. and and that makes me feel uh, scratchy inside. I don't know, I'm gonna have to w- watch the video of that and see how I. Feel. I'm never gonna watch the video. That's my own personal <laughs> video rodeo. Here's Tim Riley. So there are other things on the uh, television over the weekend, including Latoya Jackson being interviewed by Barbara Walters, who said. Michael Jackson knew somebody would murder him. I knew something terrible would happen at the end, not to mention the fact that Michael constantly told me, Latoya, if I die, they're going to murder me. They're going to kill me. He would tell me that, Barbara. When I found out he, was, he had actually passed, I said, no, it wasn't an accident. He was murdered. Your brother was murdered. I always believed that from day one, when I found out that he was no longer with us. I said, I'm not going to accept anything else, Barbara. They could have told me a heart attack. They could have told me he had fallen off a ladder. And I would have said, no, it's not a heart attack. He was murdered. Did he fall off a ladder? No, he was murdered. Did he fall off a ladder? No, he was murdered. There you go. That's the uh, stunning insight and crystal clarity. Well, that's from the autopsy report. Latoya He did not fall off a ladder. Thank you, Latoya. I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. One of the best videos of all time. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Coming up at the top of the hour, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will talk about last night's Mad Men and the weekend box office. 720, actor Adam Brody. And at uh, 8 o'clock, ball talk with Greg Nibbler. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. In just moments, we'll be welcomed by, welcome by, we'll welcome and be joined by Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. We'll talk about last night's uh, Mad Men and uh, Weekend Box Office. Tim Riley, what headlines are we tracking on this uh, Monday morning? Well, we'll continue to have more sound from the VMAs, which we haven't done, including Madonna's date with Michael Jackson. Apparently, she went on a couple. Then Erin Andrews, who remembers who she is. Erin Andrews. Naked lady no. in the hotel room. Oh, ESPN. That's right. Yes. We'll talk more about her. Apparently, she's on the interview circuit again. And uh, more from that crazy South Carolina lawmaker and weekend shootings. Uh, very quickly, before we uh, welcome Chris, uh, Christy Turnquist to the show, we should say that coming up at 720, we'll talk to Adam Brody, uh, who's from the OC and Gilmore Girls, and he's in the upcoming movie Jennifer's Body. I'm just going to read and you this. he's very good looking. I'm listening to this couple sentence description uh, of Jennifer's Body. This is the new movie. It's the Diablo Cody who wrote Juno, and then it's got uh, Megan Fox, J.K. Simmons, who is the yellow M&M, and a Nazi on Oz, and Amy Sedaris. This is the premise, which means it'll either be awesome or less so. Jennifer Check is the, that's Megan Fox, is the sexy, popular captain of the high school cheerleading squad. Oh, the cheerleading squad movie still? See, that's <laughs> like the starting point, but then listen to what it turns into. It okay. says, all the girls want to be friends with her, but the boys want to all have sex with her. Jennifer's friend since childhood, Anita uh, Lisnicki, is a... <laughs> is a nerdy, substantially less popular plain Jane student. Jennifer, Megan Fox, ends up as the sacrifice in a satanic ritual held by the leader of a devil-worshipping rock band. (laughs) That guy, Adam Brody. 
He sacrifices Jennifer, hoping to his uh, hoping his sacrifice will appease the corrupt idol into giving him success. The ritual goes in a different direction, however, causing Jennifer to be possessed by a demon and start feeding off the boys in her high school, first seducing them to get close, then consuming them like a man-eating demon or succubus. It becomes Anita, the plain Jane's goal, to stop Jennifer from killing all of her classmates. See, that could be the best movie ever made. But then again, perhaps not. It all is in the execution, I think. I, I just, I don't know what to think. And I usually, see Adam Brody playing a devil-worshipping rock guy. Seriously, I I want to know what Anita Lesnicki <laughs> looks like. Because that's not Amy Sedaris, which no, is sort of the her. person you'd associate with that kind well, of thing. Well, actually, you wouldn't know her. She was in uh, Mean Girls. Uh, Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried is her name. And she mm. was in Mamma Mia. Oh, there does, you go. She doesn't look like a Lesnicki. Hello, Christy Turnquist. How are you? <laughs> you don't look like a Lesnicki. What kind of name? Is that your real name? Get out of the car. I want to know, how did the people making Jennifer's body manage to take my life and turn it into that movie? <laughs> well, they're just... Wow. It's, it's a rarefied kind of art that Diablo Cody uh, is, is engaged in. Wow. It, so... I, I had to close that window because it's completely distracting. Okay, now <laughs> the description actually makes me want to see it. See, and I just, I mean, I'll see it. I just, I don't know. If right now, if you had to ask. Is it out already? If I had to pin down, it's opening this Friday. Okay. If I had to pin down whether it's going to be awesome or terrible. I mean, I give you really even odds there. I just, uh, I have nothing. Yeah, I've read some early reviews and they're sort of coming down on the not as awesome as you'd hope sort of side of the I'll the see scale. it just for the Satan and Lesnicky uh, factors, frankly. I'm a sucker for those two things. I love Adam Brody. I have been loving him ever since he was the death cab for cutie Levin Seth Cohen on the OC. If, uh, I know, I had such a crush on him. I had a huge crush on him. If you're really, really nice, you could tell him about your crush and, you know, when he's on the phone. You could uh, you could say, I just loved you the OC, you're so cute. And then, I would. I, well, I'm just, you know, Rick Emerson <laughs> lives to make dreams come true. I wanted to ask you something about that movie, The Nine, which opened oh, this week yeah. in the box office. That was that. Did it open at number one? No, it did not. It opened at number two. No, number one was Tyler Perry's "I Can Do Bad All by Myself." <sighs> See, am I am I somehow out of the loop for? I don't think I've ever seen a Tyler Perry film, but it's like they're always opening at number one. They are. Well, I mean, he. I mean, clearly, he is marketing um, his movies to to the African American audience, and and the exit polling showed that I think eighty percent of the audience for that movie was African American, and he he works it. I mean, he knows. You see the his one that, audience, uh, and he gives them what they want. What is what was the the the, the first of his big films that 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 uh, that came out? And I, I it was. He does he do the Medea yeah, films or he does yeah the where Medea films it's like he does it's like a drag sort of a thing yeah, where he plays him. the female yeah. character okay so yeah. I saw a part of that it was I know it was on TV it was on HBO or something was that Medea goes to jail I think it was actually and so and I was like what what is, what is this movie what what is happening here <laughs> but so he clearly has just found you know he's found he's found his niche and he's just kind of cranking him up well good for him yeah excellent well done. And he gets a lot of interesting people in these movies, too. Like this one, for example, has Taraji P. Henson, who is really great in The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, you know, Oscar-nominated. It also has Gladys Knight and Mary J. Blige, and uh, then himself playing Medea. Well, and so wait, so this are these all the same character? In other words, are the, uh, do all his movies focus on this, this female character he plays? Medea is not always in his movies. Um, he, he made one about, oh, I don't know, couples breaking up or something and he's making a sequel to that, but, but then he just goes back to the well. That's the yeah. Kevin Smith technique. Exactly. I don't know when in doubt, just let me see if I can kick this rug some more and have any more dust <laughs> to fall out of it. And as long as he's got his name in the title, um, he gets an audience to turn out and make these movies Excellent. number one. I mean, he's, he's quite the mogul. 
So number two was nine, which uh, which is the, it's a Tim Burton produced yeah. thing. Yeah, but I mean, it's so confusing. There's so many movies is with the nine the in the, the title. The yeah, yeah. Okay. They're, yeah. Kind of, they're like burlap uh, sock puppets, sort of. But but it's this weird like post-apocalyptic thing. But <laughs> yeah. it looks like really it takes cool. place like in like like in somebody's in somebody's office or something. Well, yeah, it's one of those sort of you know post-apocalyptic things. I think it's supposed to take place between the world wars. Um, and I guess evil robots wiped out humanity. Well, and of course. Of course. That's <laughs> what they do. They do. They're moody. They're <laughs> moody yeah. robots. Yeah, they're testy. Yes. So anyway, now there's this, you know, spunky band of burlap animated creatures who, uh, you know, sort of rise up and regain their burlap humanity. I guess. Nothing says spunk like bags of burlap <laughs> that are sort of lumbering around on stage. Well, it was made by this guy named Shane Acker, and it started out as his student film, like his uh, graduate project for, I think it was UCLA or something. And it was a short, um, animated short, and it was Oscar-nominated, and apparently it impressed a lot of people because Tim Burton signed on to produce the feature-length version, and it opened in number two and made $10.9 million. Awesome. Yeah. And then we had Inglorious Bastards still hanging in there, made another 6.5. Then we had that terrible-looking All About Steve, which made 5.8. All About that Steve. That awful. got some of the worst reviews. You, I don't know. Did you guys ever do this? You ever go to Rotten Tomatoes, and I'll do the inverse search, where I'm just like, show me everything bef- below 10%. And then I just said, and that's like a whole day's entertainment, is reading the reviews of a film that got like, because Rotten Tomatoes rates everything on a scale of 0 to 100, yeah. 100 being a flawless film. And and there's very few things even above like 90 or 95. I mean, there's a handful of things that are like 98, 99. I'll go and I'll like find everything that's like a three and I'll just read that. And it'll be something like uh, like all of Steve or like that North movie with Elijah, oh, with Elijah Wood and Bruce Willis. I saw that. That's the one where Ebert said Ebert had the greatest quote ever. He said, this movie ought to be chopped up into ukulele picks for the homeless. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Very quickly, here's what we'll do. We'll, uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a bit about Mad Men, and we'll have uh, Adam Brody uh, as well. So, and you can tell him uh, how, you know, how great he looks. Yeah, to gush. How, yeah. how great he looks in tight pants or whatever. Um, very quickly, I want to say this. So I, uh, had, I mentioned that I was doing this, this conference on Saturday. I got a chance to talk to some of the animators from Coraline. Here's something we can all put in our uh, next contract negotiations. You know, because that movie is so taxing on your on your back sort of in your you know because if you're an animator for stop motion you're adjusting it and then you look and then you adjust and you look and it takes like days and days to do like five seconds of animation mm-hmm. you reminded me of this by talking about nine just now they when you go to work on that film they custom make and they do ergonomically every single thing you'll be using so as the guy put it if you're sitting in a chair and you're uh, an animator on that movie they will ask you exactly where you would like to put your coffee cup and they will build a custom coffee cup holder in a custom sort of mount that goes next to your custom chair so that you don't have to reach any further than you ideally desire to ever pick up your coffee cup. That's amazing. Yeah, so there you go. That's going to go right next to no brown M&M's. It looks time. like just about everyone in town had something to do with Coraline. I, I made the hinges with the swinging doors in the restroom. <laughs> it was a sweepstakes or something. Straight ahead, Adam Brody from the upcoming movie Jennifer's Body. We're going to ask him, uh, I'm going to ask him if Lady Gaga seems crazy in person because he introduced her last night at the VMAs with a uh, uh, with Megan Fox. Stay there. That's on the way. Plus, Mad Men recap. Don't go anywhere. We are live from Portland. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. Putting the cult in pop culture. I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies. Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. 
It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. You can text at 520-51. Uh, coming up at 740, more news from Tim Riley at 8 o'clock. Ball talk with Greg Nibbler. Tim Riley is uh, working on the following headlines on your Monday morning, Tim. A loving home is found for the Clark County Alligator. We have a double monkey watch, including monkeys stealing people's underwear. Awesome. And we'll have uh, more in Madonna's uh, a date with Michael Jackson that nobody ever heard of before last night. And also, that uh, young girl who was kidnapped and found, she is going to be on Oprah only after she was paid a million dollars. Wait, is this wow. the uh, the backyard, the tent city girl? J.C. Gugard. Because I don't Gugard. think they've nobody's seen any photographs of her, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's nobody's seen her. Wow. She's well, being paid a million dollars. Good pull, Oprah. Mm-hmm. All right, 503-228-4101. We want to welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, of course, you know him from such projects as uh, Gilmore Girls, OC, and Thank You for Smoking. He's in the new film, Jennifer's Body, uh, written by Diablo Cody and co-starring Megan Fox. It opens this Friday everywhere in the galaxy. It is Jennifer's Body starring uh, Adam Brody. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Mr. Adam Brody. Hello, sir. How are you on this fine Monday morning? Uh, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I'm, uh, I'm just coming, too, but I'm, I'm here. I, because you were uh, up, I would imagine, fairly late. You were at the VMAs, and you and Megan Fox, uh, you were there presenting. When you go to, to something like that, what is the vibe backstage like at the VMAs? In my head, it's just sort of this, this Fellini uh, meets Gene Simmons sort of Bacchanalian thing going on. But what is it What is it actually like when you're at the VMAs? It, um, it's just chaotic, man. It's chaotic, it's chaotic and in the background... Uh, It was uh, it was very unglamorous backstage, I have to tell you. Uh, but there was one moment where I was walking, you know, up the stairs, and every all of Beyonce's dancers were like in line in the stairwell, and I thought that was kind of a funny moment. It's like but, your own personal showgirls moment, yeah, uh, right yeah, there. They were all waiting to go on, and uh, that was kind of funny. But but other than that, no, it's it's actually way too cramped and uh, small. There's not like one area. There's more like a hundred little areas that you know. So. Would you uh, do you get the sense, uh, you know, in terms of Lady Gaga? We were just talking about this earlier. Uh, that, that we've everybody's sort of been of a lot of opinions on her, but we we really turned the corner as of last night because she's just so over the top in every way that we're kind of embracing her. Is there any kind of a vibe that you get off someone like Lady Gaga when you're in person? I have to ask. Is it's like a two degrees? No, I didn't even. I didn't. I don't. I didn't see her there last night. Actually, I know she was there, but I um. They just brought her in, in a crate. Uh, Jennifer's Body opens this Friday, and it's written by Diablo Cody, who people will know because uh, she wrote Juno. Was that what interested you in the movie? Did you see Diablo Cody? I'm like, I'm in. Or what intrigued you about the movie? Uh, well, certainly her. Um, I'm a big fan, and I definitely wanted to see what she was going to do next. I thought it was such a nice idea to go the complete opposite. I mean, this is the antithesis of Juno. Um, so I thought that was great. And then, uh, and, and then uh, you know, Jason Reitman produced this movie, who directed Thank You for Smoking. So I had a bit of a working relationship with him, and I'm a huge fan of him. So it was just a good group to be a part of. You are, seem to be attracted... You seem to be attracted a lot of times to characters that have, um, you know, that have a lot of layers to them, where there's the surface that gets peeled away and it reveals something a little bit different underneath. And it seems to be kind of kind of the case with this movie as well. Where is there a particular kind of character that attracts you more than others? Um, no, you know, I, I I try and look for the movie first. Actually, um, you know, I just want to be a part of. Uh a movie that, that has a chance to be good, and then it's, I'll play whatever part uh, they want me to do in that. So um, all the parts I've had are kind of just uh, lucky, happy accidents. Um, happy accidents. Um, <clears throat> but I uh, know my, fr- 
We're talking to Adam Brody, and you've done, obviously, uh, in addition to movies like Thank You for Smoking, you were in uh, The O.C. and Gilmore Girls, and both of which, those shows have very distinct writing styles, especially The Gilmore Girls, because Amy Sherman Palladino has that very, you know, just a, a unique voice that stands out off the page. At this point, do you feel uh, like you are able to look at a script and get a sense for what that final project is going to look like, what it's going to be when it's done? Yeah, you know what's funny? I mean, like, I don't always have the luxury of, of doing things that I love. You know, we've all got to pay the bills. But, um, yeah, it's, it's actually, now I can just get a script and I can literally open it to any page. I look at a big chunk of dialogue and I can tell from almost one page how intelligent are the thoughts going on in this thing. You know, is this, is this, this is capable of surprising me or can I already, do I already know, you know, every joke is a telegraph. Right, so, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you can just take a peek at almost any page, just like a book. I mean, you know, you can peek at any page and get a get a sense of the writer. And I uh, I do have to say, I'm here with uh, my producer uh, and co-host Sarah X. Dillon, who uh, was a, a big fan of The O.C. and our good friend Christy Turnquist from The Oregonian, and who, by the way, has a huge uh, not-so-secret crush on you. So I would be remiss if I did not ask this question. Is Peter Gallagher as cool in person as he always seems? The guy just yeah, seems yeah, such a... Theater. The new movie, Jennifer's Body, opens this Friday, uh, the 18th. Adam Brody, so best of continued success in uh, movies, life, art, and all things, my friend. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. There you go. Adam Brody, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, The new movie, uh, Jennifer's Body, opens this Friday, where he plays a guy and makes a pact, and then he... Wow, that guy is smart as a whip. Stab wow. somebody and then... He's a big star. I can see why he's writing his own scripts. He should be. I mean, Seriously, that's, for I think that's one of the most intelligent people we've ever spoken to. His answer is very yeah. uh, compact, and what I mean by that is clear, there's no like, well, you know, sometimes it's like <laughs> I'll do a thing where I, you know, I'll sit down and, you know, it, that guy, like, every word is clearly... Ma- and for a guy who undoubtedly was up late after the VMAs last <laughs> night, or maybe hasn't been to bed, so... I love the idea that Lady Gaga like just comes like in some sealed box though. Then they just take <laughs> off. Just floats in, in a bubble. <laughs> Sasmi's like, I didn't even see her, dude. I, they just take her, you know, off. They take her off of a, you know, off of this like a Lear jet, and then they <laughs> uncoil her inside like she's out of a Jack in the Box. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. So uh, very quickly here before uh, this segment is over, I say vamping so I can find the Mad Men theme. Wait and. Uh, <laughs> Want me to hum it? And yeah, there we go. So, see what a good job I do of humming it. It's uncanny. <laughs> Sounds just like the real thing. Let's talk a bit about last night's episode. You and I are the only uh, two who've seen it, but I've I've kind of given away. I mean, there's not a lot of spoilers. Again, not a lot of shockers on that show. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned that uh, the Drapers welcome their newest child. Yes. Uh, Betty has the kid. Lots of um, surrealism or almost dream sequences last night, which I which I typically don't care for, but yeah. they, they sort of work on that show. Well, yeah, and the episode I noticed was called The Fog. Right. And, you know, it, it sort of correlates with, you know, Betty, you know, being put under as she's about to, you know, give birth to right. the baby, which is how they used to do things in those days. And the whole uh, episode was really revolving around issues of parents and children. And it really, um, I thought, made the point that, irritating as Betty is. I mean, she has really started to wear on me. But I, I did feel sorry for her last night because she's basically a child having a child. You know, right. like when she's thinking, you know, when she's in her delusional state and she sees her dad and, and then she says, I left my lunch pail on the bus and I'm having a baby. Right. Yeah. And she's going under at one point. They're giving her the wow. sedative and, and she's saying like, something like, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm just a housewife. And yeah. it's it's very, she clearly has no 
has no identity. And I have to say yeah. that I've been on the Betty Draper bugs the hell out of me bandwagon since yeah. like day one. The character <laughs> irritates me and always has. Yeah. Uh, at the at the end of the episode, there's that you know where the baby is crying and she gets up to take care of the baby, and you do sense there's this resignation of like, well, this is my lot. Yeah. As opposed to Peggy. Peggy, I have to say, in my own defense, that time that I called uh, our good friend Cheryl the Peggy to my Don, that continues to be less of an insult every day because Peggy is like taking it back. She yeah. went, and, she went to Don, and she demanded equal work for equal pay. Yeah, and but then Don responded by comparing her to paper clips. He goes, like, "We can't even afford paper clips right now, so uh, get out of here with your crazy equal pay thing." You yeah, kind of putting her in her place. Yeah. Although the other line that really stuck with me is again, while Betty is in her delusion, her dad tells her. You're a house cat. You're very important, and you have little to do. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh. <laughs> I mean it really was a lot of, like, you matter less than nothing, uh, yeah. Betty Draper. Um, boy, let's see what else from last night. Also, Duck Phillips popped up. Duck Phillips, uh, the return of Duck Phillips. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, turtleneck, no The less. drunken dog abandoner who, uh, who vanished <laughs> last season. He returned. Also... How awkward is that sequence uh, where they were talking about television buying habits and they used the word Negro like a hundred times in about yeah. 40 seconds? Yeah. And so you're just sort of going, uh, because you know it's going to lead to something awkward later. And it does when Pete Campbell decides to interrogate the guy who runs the elevator about his buying habits and, well, what about your friends? What do they buy? And it was just Ugh. like this skin-crawlingly awful, like, out-of-touch white guy moment. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, and that's a moment that that show really excels at. Yeah, and they really are sort of working just that, that undercurrent of civil rights movement happening. Right. They just... Edgar Evers, and I think that was him in, like, one of those fantasy sequences. I and, think that was supposed to be him. And you can tell. Now, Tim, uh, you and I have talked about the Kennedy thing being around the corner and the Beatles. I think just around the corner. When did the yes. Beatles hit Ed Sullivan? When did they come 64. to JFK? 64, that was after the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. Okay, early yeah. 64. Yeah. There, there's a moment last night where it made me, in fact, I get chills actually kind of thinking about it. There was, because they were talking about the, the subplot was whether or not they're going to create uh, an ad campaign just for the black audience. Yeah. And, you know, they, and the Sterling Cooper guys, of course, resist that. They're like, that's, you know, we don't, you know, we don't want them to do that. Um, and the British guy who runs, you know, who is the head honcho at Sterling Cooper, the guy from the British parent company, he actually says he, he is trying to encourage them to run different ad campaigns for different demographics, including the black community. And he says something like, well, I'm a stranger in a strange land, but I can tell something is happening here, meaning in America, which is the, a line that, again, gives me goosebumps because you know that it's a reference to huge cultural changes that oh, yeah. are just on the horizon. Yeah. It's... Uh, I mean, yeah, it's going to be quite something. Yeah, you see that in, in sort of how the show deals with race and with, uh, you know, women's rights yeah. and lack thereof. Oh, there's going to be some... Uh, there's, yeah, because when Peggy gets rebuffed and Don basically says, ah, we're not going to pay you. Get out of here, you crazy kid. Oh, and is there a woman on earth who doesn't throw herself at Don Draper? He meets his teacher. Meets his kid's teacher, and then, like, that night, the phone rings, and homebody answers it, Don Draper, and she's like, hi, uh, this is uh, Cynthia, uh, your daughter's teacher, and... And then right out of the gate, what does the teacher say? So my father died when I was a little girl. And, I mean, and it's like, it's just a dynamic. It, it, I mean, but he's Don Draper. He's, I'd throw myself at him. <laughs> uh, Christy Turnquist, what is coming up in the Oregonian? Well, I'm, I'm happy to say that I'm actually on vacation this week. But oh. when I get back, I'm going to be heading down to Eugene because the Jordan Schnitzer Museum of Art on the UVO campus is, is doing this huge, great-sounding um, exhibition about superheroes and comic books. Awesome. Sounds really terrific. I'm very excited about going down there. Look forward to hearing more about it. Read her in print in the Oregonian, you know, some other time. And online at OregonLive.com. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. Straight ahead, Tim Riley at the news desk. Stay right there. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101. KUFO.
is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. Uh, at 8.20, we'll do our recap of last night's episode of True Blood, which also functioned as the season finale. I love doing that. I never get tired of it. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else do we have? Um, oh, it, I'm sorry. Just real quick, apropos of nothing, Sarah, I hate to do this on the air. I meant to uh, give this to you last week, and I, I failed. Oh. I've got something. I use this phrase a lot, but it's really true. I have something bright and shiny for you. <gasps> bright and shiny. Um, I don't know. Uh, close your eyes for one moment. Okay. Tim, I'm going to show you the thing I have uh, for Sarah. You Tell me if I should uh, hand it to her and let her guess what it is, or should I just give it to her? Okay. Just give it to her. She'll know what it is. All right. So, uh, Sarah <laughs> Dillon, please open your eyes. I'm going to give you a bright, shiny object. Okay. Oh, my God. That's awesome. It is a Melrose Place flask. Oh, and it's pocket size, You too. can take it on the bus with yes, it. Yes, it's pocket size. You can take it on the bus. Oh, or this is anywhere. awesome. So there you Thank go. Thank you. Yes, this it is, is a, bright and shiny. It is handy. Uh, from our friends at Northwest 32 TV. That's uh, which I'm uh, not saying, of course, in relation to the flask. One isn't. One well, isn't. You may have been in the, the building other. when it was handed to you for some reason. Uh, there's you know the big the big big box of stuff. Uh, so I know you guys are uh, you big uh, big Melrose fans. And, oh, uh, this is awesome. And whatnot. So there you go. So I figured if, if you're going to drink, why not drink and be the envy of your friends with a thing that says Melrose? On I it? totally will. Did I tell you? Uh, did I tell you Nibbler and I went out drinking this weekend? Really? <laughs> yes. Is this? Oh, is this where his friend his friend angrily confronted you about making him watch the uh, video yes. rodeo he thing? Didn't, he didn't want me to talk about it, but yeah. he's not in the room right now. No, she yeah, she was like yeah, she's like, are you that girl that makes it Greg watch all those movies? I'm like, oh god. She's like, <laughs> yes, what I do am. you do? What do you watch? I'm like, Greg has a lot of people around him that are drunk a lot of the time. Actually, <laughs> at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 747. Now, it's going to be a nice sunny day today. High temperatures will be in the mid-70s. Quite comfortable for everyone. At long last, that Clark County alligator has been placed in a loving home. For now, Tim McCriswell, owner of the House of Reptiles in Tigard, has volunteered to take in that homeless gator. Wait, hold on. A few years. I did. I wasn't aware that it was uh, uh, that it was actually Tim Criswell who was doing that. Wait, hold on a second. Where's my Criswell sounder? Uh, give me just uh, one second here, and there we go. I'm sorry, Tim. What about Tim Criswell? Tim Criswell, the owner of the House of Reptiles, has volunteered to take care of the gator for many years in the future because that's where the gator will be spending most of his time. Awesome. That's why I, Tim. That's why you're the best thing that's ever existed because I knew that you would go to that line. The 30-inch long black and yellow gator is now sharing a six-foot-wide tub with another young alligator in Criswell's store. By the way, we've had Tim Criswell on the uh, show before. hes If you don't uh, know who Tim Criswell is, he's, he's a pretty fascinating uh, uh, character. He I was, was just reminded of you uh, climbing on the cab- or up on the cabinets in the counter and Different stuff. guy, though. Oh, okay. Different guy. Different you, gator guy. You're thinking of a guy from... Yeah, he brought all the reptiles in. That's Reptile the guy who, man. That is <laughs> the guy who awesome. brought the cobra, and he brought uh, like a Gila monster or some such. And a giant turtle. Criswell is the guy who came into the studio he was a, a psychologist for 30 years and then quit he's the guy he came in and he talked about the country as though it were sort of a mental patient and then he went from the field of psychology to running a reptile place uh, which is which is awesome so there you go the future here's tim riley meanwhile kidnapping victim jc dugard will tell her amazing story on oprah she's 29 now she was the young girl who was kidnapped lived in that uh, shanty in the backyard for so long 
Well, why the change of mind? Oprah's going to pay her a million dollars for the appearance. Uh, that's, I mean, good for Oprah, though. I mean, that's... She has it. The, I, you know, that's if what Oprah it... Oprah writes a check, you know it's not going to bounce. That's what it takes. And plus, you know... Here's the thing about going on Oprah. You know if you go on Oprah, A, you're going to reach a huge audience. You know that the show is going to be professionally done because Oprah doesn't, I mean, you know, Oprah puts out a first-rate product. She really does. Um, I mean, she's the, would we all agree that she is, I was going to say the definitive interview, but I guess it's a relative statement because it's not like, it's not like the 60 Minutes interview where she's like going to beat the truth out of you, but... If you had something you wanted to push, like if you had a product to push, you know, the movie or a book or something, mm-hmm. what, what is the one interview you would pick to do? Like, let's say, Sarah, you've written a book, uh, you're trying to tell everybody about it. If you could pick one interview in some form of media, what would it be? I think it would be Oprah. For, me too. Yeah. I, absolutely. Tim? Yeah, Oprah. For the, when you eventually... When well, you, plus, because her little army of followers would like... It, it's that's, just, see, that's the other thing. Because you would make the most profit from that. Because if the if the Dugars are going to be writing a book, all Oprah says, and their book is going to be available, buy it. It's called this, and then you know instant bestseller. Cleaned out. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, good for them. Uh, Madonna, believe it or not, had a date at one time with Michael Jackson. She talked about it last night on the award ceremony. Like most performers, he was shy and plagued with insecurities. I can't say we were great friends, but in 1991, I decided I wanted to try and get to know him better. I asked him out to dinner. I said... My treat, I'll drive, just you and me. He agreed and showed up to my house without any bodyguards. We drove to the restaurant in my car. It was dark out, but he was still wearing sunglasses. I said, Michael, I feel like I'm talking to a limousine. Do you think you could take off those glasses? He paused for a moment. Then he tossed the glasses out the window, looked at me with a wink and a smile and said, can you see me now? Here's the great thing about that story is I give you 50-50 that it's just flat out made up. Yeah. I was it, reading a review from somebody who was a seat filler uh-huh. saying that they actually saw the story on the teleprompter. Oh, I'm sure the story yeah. probably was yeah. on the teleprompter. I mean, which doesn't, I guess, in and of itself make it false, but I, I'm just speculating it here. It was like one of those fake Tom Cruise stories. He rescued a stranded motorist in the desert. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And helped change a flat tire in we, a fan belt. We can't actually find the family he rescued. They don't seem to exist they in the They were beamed descent. away by some unknown object. <laughs> Into the base of a volcano. Um, but, you know, he's dead, so how would anybody be able to sell Madonna just is so image conscious. It seems like if she didn't already have a Michael Jackson story, she'd have no problem sort of just cutting one out of whole cloth. Good for her. Uh, do we have time for a monkey watch? Yes, we do. Let's do monkey watch, then we'll do a snuff watch All right. uh, after that. Here's your monkey watch for uh, Monday on the Rick Emerson radio program. So this is story number one. It comes to us from Phoenix. A driver has racked up dozens of speeding tickets in radar zones on Phoenix area freeways while sporting giraffe and monkey masks. He's fighting everyone, claiming the costumes made it impossible for authorities to prove that he's the man behind the monkey mask. you got to identify the driver, and if you can't, it's not a valid ticket, says Dave Von Tesmer, a 47-year-old flight attendant. It took Arizona State Police months to realize the same driver was involved and was refusing to pay the fines. By the time they did, more than 50 tickets had become invalid because of the deadline. Tesmer. I barely knew her. Part 2. A businessman in Gibraltar has come up with a device to prevent monkeys from stealing underwear from washing lines. He's devised a spiky device called the cactus, which will be fitted... <laughs> That's not actually a device, and I don't think he <laughs> devised it. <laughs> That's what he calls it. It's a device called the cactus, which can be fitted to fences... They stop the monkeys from climbing into gardens. I've devised this thing called the ground, and it lets you walk uh, anywhere you'd like. 
The monkeys are everywhere, and locals uh, watch as the monkeys come down the street with their underwear. It's not clear exactly what the monkeys do with the underwear once it's stolen, or why they steal the underwear in the first place. Well, that's the uh, that's step number two, Tim. They haven't gotten that one yet. That's your, your monkey uh, watch. double monkey watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, in just one moment, we'll do today's double snuff watch, which is, we were trying to find the right word to describe this. I was talking to Chris Paddock about this earlier. It's not ironic, today's snuff watch. It is, it's meta. And meta is one of those words I use sometimes. And I got an email from a guy the other day, and he said, hey, use that word meta. What does it mean? Meta means that a thing is sort of self-referential. Uh, it is a thing that refers to itself. For example, uh, I was watching an episode of Angel a while back. It was uh, some rerun of Angel. And there had been a lot of press at the time about David Boreanaz, who plays the title role of Angel, and how he couldn't really act, and he's kind of a stiff wooden actor, and he's not very good. He's in Bones. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and see, he actually does have a range. He just wasn't really showing it. But there have been a lot of writing in the press about, oh, that guy can't act. Why did he get a show? So I'm watching an episode of Angel, and in the episode, Angel has to go undercover as somebody else and pretend to be you know, somebody else. Mm-hmm. And two of the characters are watching that character go undercover and pretend to have a different identity. And they say, hmm, that guy can really act. Whoever would have thought that? And it clearly is a bit of an inside joke. They're mm-hmm. referencing the fact that David Boreanaz have been criticized or- for not being able to act. So it is sort of, it's a thing that references itself. So like when David Duchovny's in, li- in real life addicted to porn and then his character in Californication's addicted to porn? Yes, sort of like that, really? indeed. Uh, and so uh, and so, th- it is a thing that, uh, yeah, that is, uh, it is sort of expounding upon itself. So today's snuff watch is that. We'll get to that in just one moment. Uh, at the top of the hour, we'll have Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. And i got to read you, have you seen this letter that the Transformers crew wrote about Megan Fox? No. It's awesome. Christy Turnquist is telling me about this, and we just talked to Adam Brody, who presented the VMAs with Megan Fox last night. And I didn't bring it up with him because I, I got the feeling he didn't traffic. He doesn't truck with that kind of talk, as my grandmother would say. Mm-hmm. The Transformers crew wrote an open letter to Megan Fox in which I don't even want to say what they call it. I'm not, I won't give it away. They call her something. <gasps> they have a... Something uh, good or something? It's something, it's something bad. Uh, but there's an open letter to Megan Fox that's just come out, so we'll do that at the top of the hour. This, however, is your double and incredibly meta snuff watch for Monday. The first dead person is punk poet Jim Carroll, died at 60. His 1978 book, which was made into a film starring Leonardo DiCaprio, was about his formative years as a star player and drug users. We're talking about the Basketball Diaries. The poet was also linked to The Doors and Lou Reed, appeared in artist Andy Warhol's films. Singer Patti Smith said he was the best poet of his generation. The musician told the New York Times that his work was sophisticated and elegant. The self-titled Van was later formed with the assistance of Smith, and their debut album was called Catholic Boy. Carroll returned to writing on a full-time basis in the mid-1980s, and his debut novel remained unfinished. So The Basketball Diaries, of course, is one of the reasons everybody knows Jim Carroll, because it was made in the movie starring Mark Wahlberg. You, however, out there may know Jim Carroll as the man behind us. Tim just said the album Catholic Boy. The album Catholic Boy contains the song you just heard, the song People Who Died, uh, which is a sort of 88 lines about 44 women uh, kind of thing, listing a bunch of people, purportedly all of them from Carroll's own life, uh, people who died uh, in one way or another. So... 
that's the, kind of the first and stranger part of this snuff watch. That the, the guy who created the snuff watch theme himself just had it played uh, because he died over the weekend. So we'll uh, we'll bookend that here in just a moment. But let's do part two of this. Now, part two. This is not to be confused with the member of Bread who died a couple of weeks ago. This is a different Bread person. Uh, he's uh, Bread for the world today is mourning the passing of Norman Ernest Borlong. Citing him as an outstanding individual who has done more to save people from hunger and starvation than any other person in modern history. He was uh, one of the early trustees of Bread for the World, serving from 1975 to 1980. Is considered the father of the Green Revolution as a plant pathologist. He introduced high-yielding wheat varieties and modern agriculture techniques to Mexico, Pakistan, and India. And here's, I will just say this about you Norman Borlaug. Explain it the way you did to me. This is why you care about uh, him, and I don't pretend to be an expert on him. I kind of know just, just a little bit. But the reason uh, that you care about Norman Borlaug, he is often called by some people, only half-jokingly, the greatest man who's ever lived, because he, uh, he was a scientist and his whole thing was about curing starvation through science and through technology. He created this wheat called the dwarf wheat because the problem is in a lot of countries they couldn't grow it because it would get too tall and it would topple over and it would rot. Or they wouldn't be able to use the land. So he created a form of wheat that grew really low to the ground, which means that you were able to grow it and harvest it in countries where you couldn't before. So that guy, Norman Borlaug, is credited with saving one billion lives. And I mean, which is not like an exaggeration. I don't mean that in the Lisa Desjardins sort of skillion sense. I mean, he is credited with saving a billion people. So uh, there you go. So the next time you uh, feel uh, good and self-righteous about your accomplishments, you just compare yourself to that guy. So uh, He was 95 years old. Yeah. So uh, uh, adios, rest in peace, and uh, farewell to uh, Norman Borlaug and to the creator of this song, Mr. Jim Carroll. It is The Rick Emerson Show, and that is today's Double Snuff Watch. So they died of hepatitis in upper Manhattan Slot in Vietnam, bullet in the head Bobby O'Dee, Dodrino on the night that he was wet They were two more friends of mine Two more friends that died Weblog, streaming, podcasts, and complete archives of everything. Well, hookers got to swim too, sir. Visit the Rick Emerson Show at KUFO, Portland. Damn. That's not me saying that, you understand. No. It's the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us. It's 503 228 4101. 503 228 
4101 in just a moment. You'll have a, a chance to win uh, passes to Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. As a point of uh, interest here, we should note that Video Rodeo, which we were endeavoring to do today, I'm glad we had Greg watch that because everyone has seen it or has now refusing to see it. Is that really Nobody where the audience is? <laughs> They've all, yeah, they've all either subjected themselves to it all the way through, or they're just, they've made a solemn vow not to. I will say, uh, I will wholeheartedly recommend it. Do not watch it. It's getting harder to trick people into watching the video rodeo thing. And a trick is the wrong word, but it's getting harder to find people who will come in and watch horrible videos because they know that, that we're not playing around. That we're, that we're not, it's not sort of a goof when we it's say don't awful. watch something. It is awful. Awful, yeah. awful, awful. I have not been able to get the image out of my head since Friday. If you would uh, like to suffer along with Greg, you can go to rickemerson.com and look for the video rodeo installment. Uh, we'll do ball talk in just one second, but I got to read this. So, Sarah, you didn't see this open letter to Megan Fox from the Transformers crew. No, please to be telling me. It's fantastic. So, uh, you can see this. I guess it's, it's all over. You can see it at Google News if you go there. Uh, It says, Megan Fox has been the target of an open letter from an unnamed Transformers crew member group after she likened Michael Michael Bay, director of the film, to Hitler in an interview. The crew, first of all, when did she do that? Does anybody know when she compared Michael Bay to Hitler? I must have blinked. It was during some show. I saw that somewhere. Let me, uh, I'll go find that. I saw that somewhere. So apparently, uh, Megan uh, Megan Fox compared Michael Bay to Hitler. The crew bashed the actress, calling her a fraud. Quote. She's about as ungracious a person as you can ever fathom. She shows little interest in the crew members around her. We were to make her look good in every way, but she's absolutely never appreciative of anyone's hard work. Never a thank you, says the crew. They call her, quote, dumb as a what, Sarah? Bag of hair? No. Box of rocks? Close. Dumb as a single rock. Not even a box of rocks. Not even rocks collectively. Uh, Dumb as a rock. (laughs) It is simply a single solitary rock that she is apparently as dumb as. This is an open letter to all Michael Bay fans. We are three crew members that have worked with Michael for the past ten years. Last week we read the terrible article with inflammatory trashing quotes by Ms. Fox about Michael Bay. This letter is to set a few things straight. Yes, Megan has great eyes, a tight stomach we uh, spray with glycerin, and an awful, silly Marilyn Monroe tattoo plastered on her arm that we cover up to keep mothers happy, the letter continued. Megan has the press fooled. When facing the press, Megan is the queen of talking trailer trash and posing like a porn star. And yes, we've had the unbearable time of watching her try to act on set. And yes, her attempts to act are very cringeable. Megan has been late to this set many times. She goes through the motions that make her exude this sense of misery. Megan is a thankless, classless, graceless, and shall we say unfriendly bitch. (laughs) It's sad how fame can twist people, says this letter from the crew of Transformers, and even sadder that young girls look up to her. If they only knew who they're really looking up to, hopefully Michael will have Megatron squish her character in the first ten minutes of Transformers 3. We can tell you... That would make the crew very happy. <laughs> awesome. Her it's interview was in what, something called Wonderland Magazine. Really? She made the Nazi comment. Michael Bay is a Nazi. It's a short ride, kids. Save some money. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. 
All right, ball talk time. There is a lot to get to here from the past weekend on baseball news. Derek Jeter broke Lou Gehrig's Yankee hits record, and Ichiro Suzuki set a major league record with his ninth straight 200-plus hit season. There was some excitement in tennis talk, which normally wouldn't be make it here, but uh, this is awesome. Serena Williams has been fined $10,000 for an incident at the U.S. Open in New York. Apparently, a line judge, and I've seen this video, called her for a double fault in her semifinal match, and Serena did not take too kindly to that and promptly walked over to the line judge and uh, said things such as, if I could, I would take this effing ball and shove it down your effing throat, among many other nice things disputing uh, now, the is call that, on this. Is she known to be that way? Because the I Williams sisters control their image pretty carefully. Is that kind of how she operates? I don't think so. I mean, like you said, they control their image. I mean, they're all in the Nike commercials. They're all. I think they're supposed to be, you know, the, the every person's athlete type of person. But uh, no, I don't. I don't think this is well what she's known for. Wow. And uh, yes, yeah, so she went up and talked to the officials afterwards, trying to explain and dispute the line judge's account of the situation. We have audio of that. Or we don't have audio of that. No, we don't. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> all right. Which one was that again? Uh, that's all right. We'll 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 move on from that one. And uh, so in other news, uh, in NFL news, uh, of course, the season started this last weekend. And a few highlights from the weekend. McNabb has a cracked rib, which means that Michael Vick may be starting soon. Uh, he can't play until the third game, so we'll see if McNabb can actually play next weekend. But it's a good possibility Michael Vick will be back starting in the NFL. The Seahawks beat St. Louis 28-0. Drew Brees had six times. Touchdowns, and then there was this. Uh, do we have the audio of uh, our NFL friend, Mr. Tim Riley? No, we don't. All right. I'm sorry, Tim. We do not. Okay. We, are we having technical difficulties? Uh, yes, we are. Greg, would you like to give us an approximation of what that audio would sound like? I can like? absolutely give an approximation. So this was uh, Chris Myers discussing a player who used to work, who used to be on the Steelers and is now on the uh, Detroit Lions this year, and he summed it up by saying, going from the Steelers to the Lions is like going from dating Beyonce to dating Whoopi Goldberg. And the great thing about that is, is it... You it know exactly does, what that means. Well, and because it, it just confirms what is universally agreed upon but not actually said, which is that Whoopi Goldberg is sort of hideous. Yes, and Beyonce is incredible. It's, I mean, it's, I have that audio if you want There's really no getting... Okay, do we actually have the audio of him saying it here? Yes, we do. Hang All on right. here. All right, here it is. Foot going from two Super Bowls in Pittsburgh to a winless Detroit team. That's like going from uh, dating Beyonce to Whoopi Goldberg. Wow. <laughs> that really is great, by the way. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you don't have to know sports at all to completely understand what that means. Have we had any sort of uh, – has there been any response from, from Whoopi Goldberg about that? I haven't seen any yet, although I can only imagine because she's on air today that uh, there will be quite a bit of uh, feedback on oh, that on comment. on you, she's going to yes. spaz out. Oh, yes, okay. so we might have some updates on that tomorrow. And college football this weekend, Oregon State winning the last seconds over UNLV. U of O beat Purdue. They look like they're going to be terrible this year. Uh, U of O does. And uh, in my three predictions of who is going to cry in college football is right in two out of three of those. Notre Dame fans were bawling because Michigan beat them and Ohio State lost in the last seconds with a heartbreaking last second touchdown at Ohio State to watch uh, tons of Ohio State fans crying in their chairs all the way home in Columbus, Ohio. Awesome. Reveling in the pain of others, he's Greg Nibbler and that's Ball Talk. Straight ahead, our recap of True Blood from last night in uh, Tim Riley's news. Straight ahead as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. One-stop shopping for all your cult-like devotion. Welcome to my room. RickEmerson.com Do it now. Share your thoughts. We'd like to glean it from your brain. Your tasty, tasty brain. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's really hard to think today. This is Rock 101 KUFO. 
It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. And right now, if you're caller 10 at 503-228-4101, and you get a uh, pass for two to see Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 playing at Regal Cinemas. That is uh, caller 10 at 503-228-4101. You get a pass for two to see Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And thinking of... Uh, that was just... I totally mangled my own hand off there. Speaking of things that... that all right, let's uh, just, uh, without further... <laughs> Way to go. Without further ado, Sarah's my uh, computer. Do you want to just... Uh, we'll just go right to the True Blood thing. <laughs> Later story. on, I'll... Uh, yes, I'll create a better transitional device that will go right there. So last night was the season finale of season two of True Blood. And I know that typically as the season has gone along, we've written down our three favorite quotes from the episode. I oh, was, Lordy, last night was chock full of them. I, there was just so much happening that at one point I sort of failed on, on that front because I gave up writing down quotes. And I actually just started writing down just my thoughts um, from the show. And just the, the observations that were coming to me as we're sort of wrapping up the season because we already know it's coming back for season three. But we should start with you because you actually did the quote thing. So last night's season finale, first of all, what were your three favorite quotes from the episode? Um, my first, my three were, it's Diet Coke with lime. When, you know, after, after everyone's not crazy and, and right. Bill Fleur's like sitting there and he's just like, I, I, I loved him after last night's episode. P.S. He's one of my favorite, he's one of my favorite people. I didn't like him, but I've sort of come around on him. Mm-hmm. Oh, the next one was uh, Worship Him Bitches. Yes. <laughs> when uh, Lafayette's standing on top of that creepy meat statue and he has the black the eyes. Creepy meat statue. <laughs> the meat statue is totally gross. And then yeah. also uh, when the women in the restaurant are talking about Sam uh, Merlotten, they said they want to, quote, wear him like a scrunchie. <laughs> Which is pretty great. I uh, did actually make a note that when one of them said, you got to lick the egg. Because they're they're holding that big ostrich egg oh, yeah. thing, and they're all like they're all dressed like they're in a Midsummer Night's Dream. They've got like weird leaf wreaths in their hair. It was so weird. We had a drinking game last night. One of the because um, we each picked something that would happen during the show, and it's like drink when that somebody picked when Sookie does something stupid. You're yeah, plastered ten minutes <laughs> in. Uh, these are the notes I made about last night's uh, episode of True Blood. I put my finger on why I didn't really care for this season as it went along. Here's kind of what it comes down to for me. A, this is two parts. A, as somebody noted, this became a show about everything but vampires in this season because it is presumably a show about, if you remember when Dawn Taylor from Movies.com was here, that's kind of how she pitched it to us. That's what got us to watch it because you and I hadn't, we had never seen the show. And Dawn said, no, 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 it's a show about vampires and people know that they're real and there's an explanation for it and they've created this synthetic blood and there's a, there's a vampire rights movement uh-huh. which has, uh, you know, allegories to the gay rights movement and, you know, to a lot, and there was a whole, it, it seemed like a really intriguing setup. This season, they just stopped being about vampires altogether, and it became about, like, every creature that has ever existed in <laughs> any fairy tale anywhere that all came to life. That's part one of this. The second part of the issue is that other villains are sort of evil and scary and do awful things. The villain this season just makes things irritating. Like, that's Marianne's sort of superpower as a villain. It's and just she highlights make... the poorest characters in it, too. That's the thing. Like, other villains, well, what, do you, what does this villain do? Well, this villain pulls out your spine, and then he makes it into furniture. Well, what about this? This villain uh, blows up planets. Well, what about this villain? Well, everybody begins to giggle a lot, and then they all roll around and have sex, uh, you know, while wearing leaves. That was kind of the thing with season two. It, it never seemed threatening. Like, Marianne does not seem menacing. Because every time she would use her power to make people, uh, you know, go humping out in the woods, mm-hmm. it just sort of bugged me. It was like I was stuck at a bad party that I, I couldn't quite leave. And the vibrating thing just got really old. It was old. The, the second episode they did it, it's like super old. Totally. Now. That old vibrating thing. 
You was, know, Tim. <laughs> you know. Uh, the cheap special effect they have for the character of Michelle Forbes, I think they used up all of their uh, CGI budget, like, the, you know, having... A, you know, buying black contact lenses. Buying black contact lenses so the characters look like they have black eye, uh, you know, eye, their eyes are all blacked out, or having creatures uh, turn into humans and humans turn into creatures. So when it comes to Michelle Forbes, she literally, it's like they put her on one of those things from the 50s where it's the big belt around your waist and it jiggles your fat away. It's like that. That's really what she does. And for her, like, her turning into an evil monster, all they could afford to transition her into are her hands. I'm like, going to put it. these bad latex gloves on you. There's just horrible, like, pointy hands and then that's it. Note uh, from last night, Evan Rachel Wood is awesome. She's very, As the very vampire good. queen, she's got to return as the big bad in one of these seasons. I mean, is, is that they have to do because she's so great. And and she's very... And here's the thing about Evan Rachel Wood, as opposed to Michelle Forbes from uh, True Blood of this season, is that she's actually menacing. She actually seems evil and is sort of scary, uh, which is what you want in a villain. And speaking of evil and sort of scary, what was your favorite part last night? Are you talking about uh, Jessica? I think I am. Yes, I, uh, I'm just the biggest fan of that character. I, I hope they do a lot more with her. My final thought about True Blood last night is that season three will either, and then I wrote down, it will either suck, ha, ha, I actually said, or it will be the best yet, because I think they're going to realize they stumbled this season. Mm -hmm. Show's still got potential, it's got promise. Season one was great, season two, bit of a misfire. I think season three is either going to bounce back and it's going to be the best season yet, or they're never going to get their footing back. It's not going to be a decent season. Season three will either be awesome or it'll be a a spectacular failure. Mm -hmm. That is my prediction. Uh, and that's that's kind of all I noted. That was that was where I left last yeah, night. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that exciting, but I mean, I'd rather watch a crappy True Blood episode than no True Blood at all. Bill was hilarious, though, because that accent now has gotten to the point where it is just an endless series of laugh-inducing moments oh for my me. God. And Sookie's is getting worse, too. Every time she's like, Bill, I hate that oh, so wow. much. How pandering was that moment when, uh, the, the, what's his name, Lafayette is under the spell of the demon, and he goes, now I want you to take off your clothes or whatever. And, he just, and he's just basically and making just, Anna Paquin strip down for us at home, which is awesome. And she's wearing like her perfectly matched Victoria's Secret, like strapless white bra, bra and panties set underneath or whatever. <laughs> such a shameless pandering moment to all guys and probably not a few women at home who are just watching Anna Paquin basically strip tease for us. So and she and she did it, which was I, surprised me. I'm like, he's just like take off the clothes. She's like, okay. I guess I'll have no choice but off. but to show my my breast to everyone. And I mean, it was okay. I, that's what makes that show passable for me. And a right. breasts. Yes, that's right, Sarah. All right. Uh, straight ahead, we have a final installment of uh, the news with Tim Riley. Want to be listening for that? We also want to talk about uh, Shine a Light, a night at the museum. It is an, uh, an evening of art, music, games, and more on one night. It is happening Saturday, September nineteenth. That is this coming Saturday at the Portland Art Museum from six to midnight. You're going to be able to uh, sample art inspired beer uh, by. That's not a statement like art. Inspired beer, although it often does. Uh, you will be able to sample beer that is inspired by art. It is inspired by uh, Lompoc, a Laurelwood, and Lucky Lab, and listen to some great musicians as well. It is Shine a Light, a night at the museum. It is happening this Saturday, September 19th, at the Portland Art Museum from 6 p.m. to midnight. You're going to be uh, 21 and over to win this, but if you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you'll have your uh, shot at doing so. 503 503- Two two eight four one zero one. You win a four pack of tickets to Shine a Light, a night at the museum. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley coming up at nine. Smells like the nineties with our good friend Buzz. This is the Rick Emerson Show live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock one zero one KUFO. Hello, my friends. If you've been a long time listener of the Rick Emerson Show, you might recognize this music. 
It is, in fact, for the lovely, the wonderful Dublin Down Pub in downtown Vancouver. They are back with us. I'm very excited about it. I actually uh, went there not once but twice this past weekend. I spent uh, my Friday night there imbibing adult beverages and dancing to Flogging Molly and the Dropkick Murphys and stuff in the aisle. It was quite fun. But Dublin Down, if you've never been there, it's an Irish-themed pub uh, in downtown Vancouver. Really easy to get to. Take I-5 northbound. Take exit 1B. And then it's a left on 6th and a right on Main Street, and you'll find yourself there at 813 Main Street. And I was there Friday night to listen to music and uh, to just have some cocktails with Brandon, who's the owner. But actually, I went there last night as well and went there for dinner. And I had uh, this thing called an Irish quesadilla, which sounds like it might be kind of weird. An Irish quesadilla? It was. I know it sounds weird. It was delicious. It wasn't... um, (laughs) Tim's laughing. Tim Uh, finds that amusing. Tim, is that one of Ted Kennedy's favorites, do you suppose? Oh, yes. Yeah, one of the big ones at Cape Cod. I it, demand an Irish quesadilla. It sounds kind of ridiculous, but it was awesome. It was like, it was grilled and uh, kind of fried, and then it had chicken and like different kinds of cheeses, and Rick had bacon bits in it. Really? Too. Yeah. It was okay, kind I'm of sold. Awesome. Bring felt, me some Mexican spaghetti. I felt kind of wrong listening to Irish music and eating a chicken quesadilla, but whatever. So bizarre. <laughs> I, I, I have to try one now just because I have no it idea was, what it would taste like. It was awesome. And so uh, we ended up hitting it up because we went to the river yesterday. So uh, heading back through Vancouver, went there for dinner. And, uh, you know, since it's football season, there was a football game on, and they have this huge uh, HD TV, which is 11 feet wide. It's amazingly huge. You can even see the details of like every single person's head sitting in the stands as they would pull away from the field. Awesome. It was pretty crazy. But um, anyway, football. Speaking of football, I can't pretend to be a big football fan. Uh, but uh, tonight at 4 p.m., the Bills versus the Patriots and the Chargers versus the Raiders. Uh, the Bills versus the Patriots at 4, Chargers versus the Raiders at 7.15. Check it out. I-5 North, exit 1B, left on 6th, right on Main. DublinDown.com is where you can find more information. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. I know. I I do freelance work. Well, anything is possible, Tim. Spot on, Tim. Uh, I want you as the voice of my microwave. I want you as the voice of my everything. Ding. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. We should sell Tim Riley ringtones. Uh, where it's just sort of a, this is Tim Riley. Your phone appears to be ringing. Please answer it now. Your vittles are ready. Your vittles is done fixing. Please come and get with the edifying of your grub. I'm sorry. We were just during the break. We were talking about uh, uh, Tim uh, freelancing <laughs> at perhaps, uh, you know. Working uh, on his country accent. Any number bit. of places that might need, yes, a homespun, uh, common clay of the New West, just plain folks delivery to their product. Mm-hmm. Whatever that product might be. I'm not thinking of any product in, in particular. It's 503-228-4101 coming up at 9. Smells like the 90s with our good friend Buzz Court and Fatboy this afternoon. Uh, 3 to 7, they're going to have wristbands to Music Fest Northwest that they'll be giving away all week, so you'll be listening for that. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Don Taylor from Movies.com and uh, from TMZ, Dax Holt. I'm going to ask him more about this uh, letter about Megan Fox. It came out. This is, And I only read you the highlights. I mean, the whole thing is like a page long. It's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 847. Now, it's going to be a nice sunny day today. Highs only in the mid-70s. The Selwood Bridge opened again after being shut down for maintenance yesterday. <laughs> maintenance? Is that what they call that? That's we- what it's called, yes. They just put a couple more stones in to keep it up, or a couple of books. Fixing the fallen down that it seems to do. They're going to close it again next Sunday for some new unknown reason. I-405 Northbound opened again this morning after being closed all weekend for repaving. Taylor Swift is back in the news again, in case you missed this. Uh, probably nobody watched this when it was on. Everybody's probably watching it on the YouTube today. But uh, she won an award and was... 
Interrupted by rapper Kanye West, who revealed who should have won that award instead of her. Oops, hang on a minute. I just turned this uh, doohickey off so it wouldn't... <laughs> doohickey. Really? Did you honestly just uh, unironically uh, say the word doohickey? doohickey? No, the doohickey's back on again. I always dreamed about what it would be like to maybe win one of these someday, but I never actually thought that would happen. Uh, I sing country music, so thank you so much for giving me a chance to win a VMA award. I... <laughs> Yo, Taylor, I, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. I love Kanye West. Was, uh, wow. Checking down some Hennessy. Uh, so, yeah, we heard this. So uh, I think it was Paddock that told us that, that he arrived with Pete Wentz and Joe Jackson, which is like the greatest trio of people and ever. Uh, and the, that he was, quote, cradling a bottle of Hennessy like a baby. Mm. Uh, which I love the idea of Joe Jackson and Pete Wentz and Kanye West all drinking together. It's, it's like some bizarre sitcom. Well, all of their lives are going hell. horribly awry in some way. I call it now. I bet Kanye West is going to check into rehab. Maybe. He's going to blame it on the demon thing. liquor. I love that guy. I really. And, here, and the, my thing about Kanye West is this. He does all this jackass stuff, uh, you know, these, you know, he just, you know, it's like one, you know, he's just such a dick all the time. Like, that's his deal. But I think people take it way too seriously, by which I mean, they don't see what to me is perfectly transparent, which is like, that's his thing. Like, he has figured out. He's like the kid who figures out the one move in Mortal Kombat and then just does that over and over and over again because it keeps working. He keeps irritating people, and we keep talking about him. And, and people will, and there's people who get really angry about it. I was on a message board this morning. I was looking at a message board where they talked about this Taylor Swift thing, and people were just so infuriated at him. And to me, I don't know how to be overly profound about it, but to me, Kanye West is very much out of that Sex Pistols Muhammad Ali mode. Uh, you know that the, where it's like to me, it's like a direct line from you get like your Alice Cooper, your Kiss, your Muhammad Ali, your Sex Pistols, your Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're Rush Limbaugh for that matter, where it's just, you know, a guy who just does things that he knows will piss everybody off and he knows will then generate reams of publicity. And he has figured out his persona and his persona is like the cocky a-hole that everybody sort of hates. And but yet who has enough talent that you can't just dismiss him. And he keeps doing it and everybody keeps falling for it. I mean, Jarvis Cocker from Pulp used to do stuff like that all the time, God and I sort of, him. I, I just think it's great. I, I can't dislike him. I, whether it was just like a, whether it was an asshat thing to do or not, I can't. Uh, and where do we, where, where's the final tally here? Whether we think it's fake or not, whether we think it was staged. I think it's real. He's just so much of a like publicity whore. Yeah, I think that he probably just showed up there. You so you think he just walked out on stage and was like, "I'm Kanye, let oh, he's me like, walk I'm on stage." Kanye West. Well, I guess because who's going to stop him, right? Nobody will stop Kanye West because even if they. Even if it was unannounced, in other words, even if he just went to the backstage stairs, they if he started walking on stage, probably any stagehand, A, isn't going to stop him because he's Kanye, and B, they must they would have assumed it was planned, that it was mm-hmm. part of a, that he was going to sing with her maybe or duet or something. Yeah. Uh, Tim, staged or, uh, or I'm real? I'm on the fence about it. I'll have to think about it and get back to you tomorrow. Greg Nibbler, staged or real? I would imagine it, w- it wasn't staged for, well, I mean, I think he probably planned out that no matter who won that, he was going to go up there and do that. But do you think I MTV think, was in on it? No, I don't think they knew, but you're right. They would just let him go up and do whatever he wanted mm-hmm. anyway because yeah. he's going to make great TV. That's, I mean, that, and you said that he grabbed Taylor Swift's mic. That's the mic he's using. Yeah, he took it from her. Because right they, that's her so hand. mean. Because they cut to the crowd and then they cut back and he's just holding a mic. And that was what made me think it was fake because I was like, well, where would he get a live mic mm-hmm. from? 
But, yeah, you don't take somebody's mic when they're on stage. It's just That's like a, a little girl trying not to cry because she's so excited, and he comes up and snatches her microphone and tells her somebody else yeah, to get a better job. That's the thing, too. I mean, she's 19 years old, and he's like, you know, but here, but uh, that see, that's where I differ from you guys because, and, and, I, and I really do, apart from my stalking of her, I really do like Taylor Swift because she's, you know, she's the real deal. I mean, she writes, she plays, she sings. I mean, she does, you know, she does her own, you know, her, writes her own song. She's very, very talented. She never loses her temper. No, but the thing about her is, if you have paid any attention at all to the music she writes or the song she sings, or if you've read her liner notes, which which I have, I mean, that is a girl who does not mind a little bit of drama in her personal life That's because she true. makes everything into a song. She dated that Jonas Brother guy, and she like made a big stink about it. Did you ever see that video she did where she has the Jonas Brothers doll? It was like a backstage blog she was doing. You know, it's like a Taylor. You know, Taylor posts a blog from backstage at her show, and so she has one of the Jonas Brothers dolls. It's like a Ken doll. And the Jonas Brothers doll, one of its accessories, it comes holding a little cell phone. And this is right after he dumped her. Um, and apparently over the phone, by the way. Mm-hmm, I remember and that. so she's backstage doing the video. Uh, the video. And she goes, oh, it's a Jonas Brothers doll. Oh, look, it comes with a cell phone so he can break up with other dolls and pretend they didn't mean anything to him. Oh. And I mean, and if you read the liner notes on her first album, uh-huh. which again, and I, and I really do respect, uh, respect her. And I love that Tim McGraw song that she did. If you read the liner notes, she actually says, um, you know, and something like, and to everybody who was mean to me, picked on me, or broke up with me, uh, I want to thank you because without you, these songs wouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what you can read is bitchy, but you can also just read as like artists doing what artists do, which is to use stuff for their, you know, people break up and they write songs about it. It's the way it happens. Mm-hmm. So you know that she'll write a song about this. And so I think she probably, in a way... Oh, do you think she will? I, I, don't, I, I, think, I don't think so. Even if she doesn't write about it... Maybe that's too much because I guess a country singer isn't going to sing a song about Kanye West. But I, I think she enjoys having like a lot of grist for the mill. Well, now that's she my gets to sense. play the victim again. That see, and that's my other thing mm-hmm. is I think she likes drama because she knows again everybody's concerned about how they look and their public personality. I think she likes to have drama happening around her because she knows it's part of what people like about her. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, in any event. Well, you know how women are always trolling for sex online. This one went a little bit too far. Wait, hold on a second, Tim. I have to get online. Wait, I need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> that was a... You bastard. That was a funny thing I just did there, you sons of bitches. All right, I'm sorry, Tim. Go ahead. Well, yes. let you have your moment. The women are always trolling for sex online. Uh, Michigan mother is accused of having sex with her biological teenage son. Oh. She gave up for adoption when he was a child. Wait, is she hot? Did she know? I don't have her picture. 35-year-old Amy Louise Sword... Contact your new son on the internet. Wait a minute. I like how Sarah goes to did she know and I go to is she hot? (laughs) Is she She hot? She knew? Stop it. This happened in the summer of 2008. Dan began having a sexual relationship with him. She's been charged with one count of felony third degree criminal sexual conduct. She's been released on $3,000 bond. She had numerous sexual encounters with her teenage son. Wait a minute. So she gave him up for adoption and then sought him out later to bonk him? I guess so. Wow. Or maybe it was just coincidental. How was she able to find him, though? I thought that was all private and sealed and everything. Don't you gals know how to find anyone on the internet? Yes, I can find all my biological children. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Did he know? Wait, I'm so unclear. Did either of them know? It sounds like she knew. Uh, because he has amount of the teenage uh, name and exact age has not been released, he is, uh, oh, she pled not guilty. So that's all I know about this so far. How old is he? Do we know? It says he is underage. Oh, oh, so it's statutory rape with her with her kid. That's not right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like bad on bad on bad. I'm not statutory saying it would be. Incest? Yeah, I mean, if he was 25, at least it wouldn't be illegal. I suppose. I. Uh, 
And it, it, so she has the kid. She gives him up for adoption, and she finds him later to get it on with him. Yeah. And presumably he obliges, maybe not knowing who she is or maybe just thinking some hot older woman. And that's what sucks when they're underage because we'll never know. All right. I have to find out what she looks like. Okay. Hold on a second. Oh, is she doesn't a, look bad. What, how I do got you, it right here. How do you spell her last name? Her name is Sword. Like stabbing someone with your sword. What's her S-W-O-R-D. first name? Oh, hey. Hello. Amy. Hello, Amy. She's 35. She's, uh, Rick Emerson likes this. She gave up her, her son early in life. Wow. She is trash. She, she was allowed limited contact with him over the years. Have you seen and this? at some point, they began talking more on the internet. Okay. Are you looking at the photo of her with the green? Is it in the green shirt, Tim? I can barely make out if it's green or not. Sarah, yeah. come here and look at this. Okay. Yep. You got it. Greg, have you seen this picture of this hot... This hot uh, the tails are very sketchy <laughs> as the boy is a minor. This hot incest mom? You're okay. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm giving this the biggest thumbs up uh, possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, is she's thirty five, but looks much younger. If you want to uh, find this, by the way, I went to Google News. Uh, it, uh, Greg, come check out this photo of the hot incest mom. She's looking. He's looking. Uh, you can see this at Huffington Post. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Mom. See, who could say no to that? I mean, I guess if you knew she was your mom. Hot incest mom. It, there's. What am I going to say? She's not hot. She totally is. I'll put this up that's at RickEmerson.com. Only a son could love. Let's go out on that. Well done. Don't forget, this Friday, the KUFO half-off sale. I'm sure they're relishing this juxtaposition. Uh, it continues. Eagle Landing Golf Course is a public course. It is uh, great no matter what your level of play. Enjoy 30 acres atop Mount Scott in southeast Portland, 27 holes of par 3 executive golf, and 36 holes of miniature golf. This is the KUFO half-off deal this week. Starts Friday, 9 a.m. for only $25. It is a $50 gift certificate. You can get it for $25 this Friday at noon. But if you are a caller 10 right now at 503 228 4101, 503-228-4101. If you're Caller 10, you'll get a $50 gift certificate to Eagle Landing Golf Course. And again, you can buy that for half off uh, this Friday at uh, at uh, 9 a.m. I'm a big... She looks like uh, she looks like that Bobby uh, Bernstein character from Sports Night. Or that hot hooker that Sam was dating in the uh, first season of uh, And it's Amy like in that song, Amy, What You Gonna Do? That's Like, uh, like Amy Mann or Amy yeah. Osborne. Well, i got to close this and just keep staring at it. All right. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum and the newly famous Lisa Desjardins, whom we've known for a long time. Christy Turnquist from The Oregonian and actor Adam Brody. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Don Taylor from Movies.com and uh, from TMZ Dax Holt. Uh, Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler, the front desk. Gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. Webmistress Bridget from upstairs. Alpha Broadcasting uh, Marketing Guru Susan Donaff with me. Reynolds, Executive Producer Christopher J. Paddock. Smells like the 90s is next, followed by Court and Fatboy, 3 to 7. My name is Rick Emerson. It is Monday, September 14th, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, see you all tomorrow, and watch out for snakes. I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.